Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Genesis Gems Special Sode, Episode 1. I don't think that worked out really well, Episode Special Sode. Anyways, we're going to be covering Team Sonic Racing on this show. As always, I'm one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time is... Aaron. Hey guys, how's it going? What's up, Aaron? And we have a special guest with us today. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name's Sean Robinson, but usually I go online by NZ17. And personally, I thought Special Sode was hilarious when I saw it, <laughs> and I actually laughed out loud, so oh, I good. think it works. Good, I'm glad. I was hoping that wouldn't uh, go unnoticed, but uh, but Sean, and uh, big apologies for always pronouncing his name NZ17, right? <laughs> Since I always you know, that's that's okay, because eventually you start saying it the way I intended, <laughs> and honestly, outside of America, it's NZ17, Ooh. so what does it matter? That's right. It's funny. I've been working with a lot of people from uh, uh, yeah, out of the country, and they always say Z instead of Z, so I've been getting corrected a lot on that anyways. But, uh, so Sean's uh, done some cool stuff. We, we actually uh, uh, talked a little bit before uh, you joined. You, you do some uh, articles on the Retro Gaming Monthly. Am I saying that right? Retro Times? What's the... Uh... Uh, Retro Gaming Times. Yes. It used to be the Retro Gaming Times Monthly, and at one point it was Retro Gaming Times without the the... <laughs> but it's changed management and ownership and websites several different times. And so it's kind of a, uh, <laughs> it's a long story, but you can find it at classicplastic.net uh, slash TRT. And I actually have quite a few articles that have been published in it in the uh, last year, uh, including the latest episode or issue since they're in print digital print but still got a magazine newspaper kind of motif and so if anyone's interested in reading my review of dramatic dungeon sakura tyson which is a soccer wars game which is a very popular series made by sega which is actually more popular than sonic in japan as well as my articles on restoring uh access to the playstation network if you got a psp you want to download your games via the PSP itself. There's information on how to update that to use TLS so you can get back on PSN. And I even wrote some poetry in the form of video game haiku. So if you want to read stuff uh, going and waxing poetic about the early days of arcade in 575 format, there you go. (laughs) Sweet. We'll uh, put the link in the show notes as well for everyone listening so you can go check that out. Really cool. I know uh, guys like Rob and Nick, they also right for that as well i believe so it's pretty cool it, that, that's been going on for quite a while so we wanted to make sure to give you a shout out and uh you know throughout the show if there's anything else you want to plug man go right ahead we'll put sure uh, links on the show notes and things like that and get your uh promote yourself i'll have to use that jingle again it's been a while since i had that one <laughs> promote yourself promote yourself yeah <laughs> reminds me of like sesame street yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with sesame street right so, <laughs> so uh, i watched it Oh, yeah, me too. My kids loved it, too, when they were much younger. Uh, but now that we got Netflix, you know, whatever. But <laughs> anyways, guys, if you want to connect uh, connect with us, make sure to check us out on the web at GenesisGemsPodcast.com. Uh, check us out on the Facebook group that we go to, the BitBrothers, Facebook.com slash group slash BitBrothers. Uh, we are on Twitter at GenGems. You can shoot us an email at GenesisGemsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, our main Facebook page, uh, Facebook page is at Facebook.com slash GenesisGemsPodcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. And we are part of the Bit Brothers Network, like I mentioned. Go check our Patreon out at patreon.com slash 
bit bros so without anything else guys we're going to do a little bit more of a streamlined format uh, no ask Aaron this episode but we are going to do some Sega snippets so I don't know if you all have anything lined up for this I know we're always playing video games uh, as far as well we guys um, have, so could I just uh, say something well sure. two two basic groups right two food groups of information uh, totally listen to the show on tune in and that's like the only way to get podcasts on the Amazon Echo devices. No, so I got to yell at it a few times because it thinks Jams is Jams <laughs> and there's no Genesis Jams. And then it starts playing music. But if you say, hey, Al, because if we say the whole name, we're going to wake up them all. Hey, Al, <laughs> play the Genesis Gems podcast from TuneIn. Maybe put podcast before it, too. It'll catch it and you can listen to it while driving. Great listen. And so there's your tip of the day that's great that's great information i had no clue uh <laughs> it worked that way so well, i'm gonna put that into the standard uh show notes here courtesy of uh, sean <laughs> we'll yeah well i think that's great that's cool. how i usually listen to it these days because you know it's hands-free you're busy you got audio in the background while your chores or whatever it's awesome cool i like it all right so without anything else here we will go right into sega snippets tap one two now it's time for Sega Snippets. Aaron, I haven't heard much from you yet. Uh, you got any cool oh, Sega hey. Snippets? <laughs> hey, are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. I'm just, uh, no, you guys are talking. I'm good. I just put myself <laughs> on mute. Actually, my kids have been fairly quiet, so it's been, it's okay. been good. <laughs> no stop talking going on? No, but they had cake and ice cream. And I was just afraid they'd be extra extra happy but you know, uh whenever you mention the kids people are waiting for you to reenact that moment from that <laughs> episode where it was cut I, I think it's best left in memory because i don't know if anyone actually has a recording uh, of the original edit of that episode I think we, we asked for it like once a month legends are made <laughs> this is true um but but me gosh sega wise the only thing i was really playing was uh Gemfire on Sega Genesis because I keep on trying to convince Nick that we're going to cover it on the show <laughs> at some point. But um, otherwise, um, my daughter, talk about my daughter, she's on the Sega Dreamcast right now. She's playing a little game called Coaster Works, oh, nice. which is a lesser known but still really cool uh, game. It's one of those roller coaster building games. And I think they had two of them on the Sega Dreamcast. And she's playing the first one. And she just told me she, she built her first coaster and she was happy about it. So That's pretty nice. cool. Yeah, I'm a really big Dreamcast fan. So it warms me my too. heart to hear that. Me too. <laughs> the only, uh, I think the only roller coaster building games I remember playing besides that one are like, um, well, you know, there was. I think one she want to join the show? <laughs> yeah, she wants to. <laughs> what did she say? She was saying she was playing another one on on PlayStation VR. Oh, uh, sh- she wanted to play more. There is no Sony. There is no Sony. <laughs> so she, she wanted to, Well, that's that's what that's why she wanted to play the Dreamcast game because oh. she remember I had it. But um, I remember playing stuff like Theme Park. And uh, I know there was like Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I had one by Disney called, I think it was just Disney Coaster. On Disney Tycoon. It uh, wasn't a Tycoon game. This was, No, was no, a, I just thought that was fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, the, the one I was thinking of was just one where you built 
roller coasters and you got to race them and it was really cool. Hey, so, uh, do you have that Disney racing game for the Dreamcast? I do not. I've wanted to play that one, though. I, I have played like the Disney one on N64, but I never played the Dreamcast one. Yeah, it's called like Disney Magical Racing Tour or something like that. I don't know. Maybe your kids would like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely into to kart racers, so I'm sure they'd enjoy it. That's cool. That's but, pretty sweet. Yeah, so I guess that would be about it for Sega Snippets from me, Nick. Yeah, and uh, the only thing other than uh, Team Sonic Racing I've been playing, which yeah. kind of derived from Team Sonic Racing, I was playing uh, some of those uh, on, on the adventure or story mode on Team Sonic Racing where you have to just like, collect all the uh, rings, keep your time going, and the whole time I'm playing it and I'm, I'm retrying it, trying to get that platinum, was uh, I kept thinking to myself, this kind of reminds me of the session I had with Crazy Taxi and all the mini games. So the minute I thought about that, I put my Dreamcast back up, put Crazy Taxi in, and went through the crazy box and did a bunch of bowling missions and <laughs> all that all that crazy stuff that you do on there. So It'll make some crazy money, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, it reminds is that is such a funny coincidence because I had a Crazy Taxi dream this month. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's great. <laughs> and I have Crazy Taxi on the PC, but I just, uh, I, I got to play it on my Dreamcast controller. I got to play it yeah, on my Dreamcast well, controller. The PC, the, they changed the music. And mm-hmm. you, I mean, there is a way to get the original music back in, but. Yeah, well, I, I usually just pump uh, Ixnay on the Ombre by the Offspring so I can listen to the whole album, which is one of yeah, amazing album yeah, anyway. Yeah. So when I play that game, it's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I played that oh, for a sorry. couple of hours. I, I said that wrong. I should have said, yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, the singer of that band has a PhD. Dex- Dexter Holland, yeah. Yes, yep. yes, he does. You know, I learned like weird trivia that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had an IQ of 132. Nice. So that's kind of surprising because you don't think that when you think of sports people. Yeah. I always like him for interrupting. Go ahead, guys. That, that movie Airplane that he's in. <laughs> you, know, you talk about Tangent. That's a great movie. Yeah, there you go. There's your Tangent. <laughs> oh, all right. So, yeah, that's really all I've been doing Sega. I'm always playing the Sega uh, collection on my Switch. Um, I was playing a lot of Streets of Rage 3 just for fun. I, I don't know. People give that game a lot of. A lot of hate. I like it, but you know we'll get into that on another show one of these days. But uh, hey, have either of you guys heard anything about that Streets of Rage four they've been talking about, or that Panzer Dragoon remake lately? Any news? Uh, other than like what I saw at like E three wise, no. I mean, the Panzer Dragoon remake looked really cool though. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited for Streets of Rage four. I know there was an actual gameplay video that they were showing off. So I'm pretty hyped. I know some people aren't super into that art style, but Hey, I think if it works, it works. Like I, I liked the way that the wonder boy, yeah. uh, three remake looked. So I think it'll work. You know, it's not going to look like streets of rage two or three. And that's, that's fine. I don't mind. I think those things already exist. And if they want to go a different way, um, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people act like a, a remake or a new game in a series somehow takes away from what they already have, but it's like, you know what, you've got what you've got, and even if there's like a terrible sequel, and maybe that will cause some people to discount the series and never give it a chance, but you know, what you've got is what you've got, and they can't take that away from you, as long as you don't let it burn into your brain. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I mean, the worst thing is a, is a bad sequel 
or a bad reimagining. And we've seen plenty of those. Sonic uh, 2006. Yes. <laughs> Don't speak of that game. <laughs> the game that It's amazing be how many similarities there are between Sonic 06 and uh, Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric. Like story-wise and ambition-wise and so many things where they're both basically reboots that both crash spectacularly. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> So yeah, Sega snippets. I haven't been doing much else. Uh, Sean, you want to take take the <laughs> grab this one by the reins and uh, bring us in? What have you been doing, yeah, Sega yeah, snippets wise? Sound, sounds pretty good. Um, I guess you could kind of say, in a way, um, I've been having uh, Sega time since the '90s because I started my podcast, Aso Radio, back in August 1999. Oh, cool! So next month we're recording our 20th anniversary show. So that's going to be really cool and special. And people can see that at nz17.com as well. And at my convention, I try to integrate a lot of Sega stuff. So when we had the last one back in January, uh, I had all sorts of Sega things up from a Dreamcast with a ton of different games to uh, Sega Genesis, uh, some multi-cartridges, uh, the official ones, and even the plug-and-play Sega Genesis units. So that was a really good time earlier this year. But mostly these days, what I spend my time online with is a few online projects of mine. Uh, One of those is News from the Sakura Wars. And before I talk about that, have either of you heard of the Sakura Wars or Sakura Tyson series by Sega? I've just seen what we're we're friends on Facebook. I've seen you post and I kind of went out and (laughs) looked at some of the pictures you posted and read up a little bit on it but i haven't played anything or really dug into that uh into that series aaron yeah i've i've heard about it going all the way back to like diehard game fan um and seeing like import previews of it on saturn but of course we didn't get an english version until much much later uh, but i know it's like a strategy rpg mixed with some like dating sim elements right that's more or less accurate, yeah. Um, like yourself, I first learned about this series from magazines back in the day, because in the 90s, the import section in the magazine was like the only way you learned about Japanese games from Japan. And uh, I don't remember if it was Soccer Wars 1 or 2, but there was this two-page spread, and the guy was just gushing about how great the game was and how wonderful it was, and it's a shame that we didn't get them in America. And so that kind of burned in the back of my brain ever since I read that. And so I started to look into it, and I was always like this really interested, casual fan that wanted to know more, but the games were in Japanese. So I've started buying up all of the games for the Dreamcast, because they ported Sakura Wars 1 and 2 from the Saturn to the Dreamcast in the lead-up to Sakura Wars 3 being released. And then they released 3, which was a pretty short game, And then they released 4, which was a much longer one, and people really liked it, and as a matter of fact, it was bigger than Sonic the Hedgehog was in the 90s. So just to put things into perspective, how many games in the Sonic series were released for the Dreamcast? You had Sonic Shuffle, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, and you had, like, the Sega Genesis collection that had Sonic on it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. A lot that's, of people will overlook that. Yeah. Well, 
Um, if you count special releases and stuff, there was also the Sonic Adventure 2 birthday pack. So we can yeah. bump that up DLC. to four. <laughs> or I guess that would be five. Okay. There were ten Sakura Wars games for the Dreamcast. They had the four main games up to that point. They had a version of Columns called Hanagumi Sakura uh, Columns 2, because there was already one on the Saturn. And then later there was one for mobile. So there's three Columns games that are Sakura Wars themed. They had email programs where you could send like email with stationery that was themed after them. New Year's games, all this stuff. So I bought up as many as I could for the Dreamcast and for the Saturn and for the Game Boy and for the DS because after they finally released one in English, which was Soccer Wars 5, it was released on the PS2 and the Wii is so long, my love. And since they released it in Europe and North America, I bought the game. It was so good that I also bought the PlayStation 2 version, the collector's version, the art book. It's a crazy amount of stuff. I even got like figurines that I imported. <laughs> So but you don't like the series, right? Well, just a little. Uh, <laughs> That's there's cool. some aspects to it that, you know, my Western self wishes were different, but I created a website about it. <laughs> What's that website? We'll put it in the notes. The website's news from the soccer wars. It can be found on my website, nz17.com, or you can just look on Facebook. There's news from the soccer wars. Post things in there all the time, including Sega's big live stream where they had this big info bomb about the new sixth game. So after 14 years, we're finally getting a new game. It just took from 2005 to 2019. <laughs> and so I've been writing articles about that. And I even wrote a Dreamcast VMU icon viewer for PC. And you can find that at my website as well. Cool. And since I've talked so long, do you guys want me to wrap this up or I can mention these last few things? Hey, man, it's your segment right now. You go for it. <laughs> All right, because I can talk at length. So real <laughs> quick, DVIC is the Dreamcast VMU Icon Viewer and Converter. It's free, Libra open source software, so anyone can download it, run it, modify it, use it in your own projects. Um, also over there in the NZ-17 Productions Interactive category, you can find Sonic and the Sunken Temple, which was a 25th anniversary Sadam Saturday morning Sonic the Hedgehog fan game in the form of a visual novel. And I am not even joking that it is about two and a half or three hours long if it was converted into a full feature animated movie. <laughs> because I compared the length of the scripts from the TV show to the script of the visual novel, and it actually is about six episodes. So that's pretty nice. I'm going to be reworking that, actually, into its own standalone adventure game for the Dreamcast, Windows, and Linux. And I'm going to take out the Sega copyrighted parts to rework it and call it Simon and the Aquatic Mystery, or SATAM for short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, that will be released sometime in the next few years. I got a Patreon set up for that. And the other things I do, in case anybody wants to support me, that's patreon.com slash nz17. And um, just two last little things. Either of you play Wonder Boy, the Monster's Trap, or the original on the Master System called Wonder Boy 3? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we actually did an episode about it. Yep. Uh, I think it was, wasn't it a Switch Up episode? Yeah, it was one of the first indies that kind of came out that we covered on the Switch. Yeah, and I, I had... Uh, Not indie, I sorry, I the, the eShop, I didn't mean indie. Yeah, that was a bad word. I, I did have the 
the master system. I got it from a place called Game World years ago when it was still around. Got a box copy of it. Cool. Yeah, that game was really great. I got that on PC, and I was switching all the time between the new graphics <laughs> and the old Me graphics because both of them are so awesome. And the music and sound effects, I really, really liked that game. So I 100%ed it, and I bought the soundtrack on Bandcamp.com <laughs> because it's like, I need to get to this, but they have the music in a proprietary format, and I can't find any website telling me how to get to it, so I'll pay the 5 bucks. I want to listen to this some more. <laughs> That's cool. Which, actually, if you guys own the game on PC, and that includes the listeners and you guys as well, if you go into the folder for the game, it has all the Master System music there for the listening. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Are they in, like, .ogg format or something like I, that? I think they are in Og Vorbis format. So you can just put them right in VLC or your favorite media player like Winamp or whatever the young kids use. <laughs> and uh, listen to it that way. Although, you know, you got to like chiptunes, I guess. And, you know, it's some young and old alike like chiptunes. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally, I just wanted to say that I am enough of a geek and a technical geek and a Sega fan. I have loaded up copies of my Sega Master System games from that Sega genesis and mega drive classics collection and others that i own all up on my 3ds and 3ds ll the the new 3ds ll the more powerful one with the c stick yeah i got i got those all hacked with the homebrew so i can emulate my sega games and play them on the go because it's like my nomad i guess that's cool nice and uh, final snippet thing, not so much me talking, but just a topic. Did you guys watch the Sega Fest 2019 Sega had earlier? Or uh, was that 2019, 2018 they did that? No, it was this year. Yeah, with Sega de Sanchiro. I heard about it. I didn't actually see any footage, though. Oh, yeah. Sega live streamed the whole event over the two days that they did it. Because it was like Saturday and Sunday. And they actually got for the Saturn's... 25th anniversary in Japan, the guy that played Segata Sanshiro back and did this awesome thing where it's like doing this collage of the commercials that he was in and playing the music. And they've got the guy back on stage wearing his karate gi and his hair all done up. <laughs> He's doing his lines and stuff. And then they have this like sing along with this theme song. It was great. It really was. So, That's YouTube. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I will have to check that out. I'll say one thing I did see recently, which was Sega was showing off the Sega Genesis Mini, but the way they were showing it off was interesting because they had a big screen TV, but then they had like a giant Sega Genesis controller and a tiny mini console in front of it that people could play on. So it's just like a tabletop size controller that you had to use (laughs) to play games with. Did you see what they did with that in between? Uh, No. Yeah, so in 2018, Sega had Sega Fest 2018. And that's where they announced this new Sakura Wars game. They're not calling it Six because it's like a sequel, but kind of a reboot. But it takes place in the same universe. So it's like they wanted their cake and eat it too. Mm. They announced the game there. In America, it's called Project Sakura Wars until the name's finalized. In Japan, it's just basically called New Sakura Wars. And then at the event, 
they had the gigantic Sega Mega Drive controller for people to play the games on. And they had the human UFO catcher where you'd lay flat on your belly and you'd put these UFO catcher things over your arms and they dip you above this pool and you try to pick up all the plushes and prizes you could and take them with you. So after that, they then had the 2019 Sega Fest where they took the giant Mega Drive controller and they retrofitted it, not with achievements, but with extra buttons so that they could use it for the 25th anniversary Sega Saturn display where people could play a few select Sega Saturn games with the giant controller. And then they took that to refit it for E3 for the Sega Mega Drive Mini or Genesis Mini. Pretty you cool. guys still there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I wasn't sure. There was just I was on mute. I apologize. <laughs> I pulled, cool. I pulled one of the classic uh, moves that I, I do when I'm in a, in a meeting at work, which is I'm, I'm talking, I'm saying something, but then... You've got to think yourself on mute. <laughs> yep. So, so good. audience, do not worry. Your podcast did not stop streaming. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're, cool. we're good. That's cool. You know, I did forget to mention one thing, uh, Sega Snippet-wise. I uh, A few months ago, I bought the 8-Bit Do wireless sega genesis controller because i wanted to kind of i I hooked my genesis up to my my big tv in my living room with one of those hdmi converters with the uh scart to hdmi and i i was just getting kind of sick of the long cable so i thought i'll try one of these 8-bit do wireless controllers i really liked it and uh i actually bought a second one uh, and my son my youngest son and i started playing hyperstone heist the other day and it was pretty cool actually sitting at the uh, couch wirelessly uh, playing a real cool uh, sega genesis game on my big tv sounds kind of neat a little something to throw in there i really like that 8-bit do brand i actually bought a uh, another bluetooth controller that resembles a super nintendo or the super famicom version of the controller and uh it's really good on the Switch. It works with my PC. So uh, the, the, that company seems to be doing some good stuff. I, I really like what I've had so far with the 8-Bit Do controllers so, or Duo, whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, cool stuff. It might be 8-Bit Doe. It's, Doe. It's, it's, in this age of Twitter where it's not speaking, it's hard to tell. <laughs> exactly. But I can't remember. It could be a take on Nintendo. Nintendo. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, they have a lot of those, you know, for those other guys. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to talk about Nintendo here, but <laughs> cool. It's uh, it's kind of interesting though, Nick. Which color did you get for your controller? For the Genesis, I got the black. Uh, I tried to get the second one, the white, but they ran out on Amazon. So I went ahead and got two black controllers. I, w- I wanted to differentiate the uh, player one and player two, but so what I ended up doing, I, I took a sharpie on the uh, <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of people might, might not like to hear this, but I took a sharpie on the back of it and wrote number two on the white uh, label that was on the back. <laughs> back in the day when I started getting you know controllers by those other guys that rhyme with phony, <laughs> I started labeling my controllers with the stickers for the memory cards. So green was player one, brown was player two, and that way it wouldn't be permanent. Might, might want to try that, I guess. That's a good idea. Cool. Um, speaking of which, though, uh, wouldn't it have been nice if they had included TMNT uh, Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis Mini? Oh, yeah. I'm sure with the licensing, they had a little trouble <laughs> probably trying to do something like that, but that would have been awesome. Love that game. Well, that's what surprised me about it, right? Because you get used to these things like at games and whatever done on the cheap. And so it's like, oh, well, you know, they're not trying. It's the same set of 40 or whatever games, blah, blah, blah. 
And then Sega's like, actually, we're taking this seriously. And people are like, yeah, yeah, you're working with that games, whatever. And they're like, fine, we're not working with that games. <laughs> and people are like, what? And they're like, yeah, we're having AM2 do it. And they're like, what? Yeah, exactly. How about some Mickey Mouse? And then they're like, don't worry, guys. We're not just doing the regular game lineup. And then people start to see the beginning. I'm like, yeah, it's Phil same old. And they're like, oh, and by the way, Donald Duck's going to be there. And Mickey exactly. Mouse is going to be there. And we're going to have Tetris and Darius. And people are like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, and Alicia Dragoon, you ever hear of that one? No? Well, that's there, too. <laughs> so it's like, whoa, okay, I, I guess they are taking this serious, but for 80 bucks, I guess they should. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> and, and okay, get this. I was at GameStop the other day, and trust me, this is relevant. <laughs> so they got the At Games one there, and they got other ones and stuff. So this At Games has, like... uh I don't know, 50-some games, something more than 40, like this Genesis Mini Will that's releasing this year in September. And so I look and I see, wait a minute, it's got Mortal Kombat and all this stuff, but we all know that the emulation's off, so the sound effects and music sound bad, the timing's not there. And so they're not well-respected online. And so I noticed, wait, there's this patch of price stickers. And the price kept going down and down and down. But then... When the Sega Genesis Mini was announced by Sega, the price went right back up from 65 oh, wow. to 80 bucks. And it's like, GameStop, seriously, <laughs> you pulling that? This is why people don't respect you. <laughs> I mean, it's saying like, oh, yeah, this is that new thing that costs 80 bucks. And then people get home, they're like, man, this is whack. I don't, I don't even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought one of those that game, uh, the last one that came out with the, uh, Oh, it wasn't the. Uh, I know they all had wireless. Remember their controls. HD one? Yeah, the HD one. It, it was most a, recently it, HD one. Actually, I unplugged it the other day, and it's back in the box. <laughs> so <laughs> it was fun. Is for it going to go in the junk box? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I'll probably go in the next junk box we do <laughs> if I can so, fit it in there. Addendum. Okay, the reason, listeners, that I'm on the show is because I supported this show on Patreon. Yes, sir. So I encourage everybody to support this and the network on Patreon at what, Nick? Patreon.com slash BitBros. Thank you, sir. That, that <laughs> is right. That is why I'm here. And I got one of those Sega boxes of wonderfulness. They call them something else. It's misleading. Trust me. <laughs> and at my convention, I actually gave away a plug-and-play Sega Genesis all-in-one where it's built into the controller at the convention, I was like, all right, I got this table full of various prizes from various sources. You can pick it. And this one guy, he loves Puyo Puyo, you know, <laughs> Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. And he just dive bombed for that once he won at the bingo. <laughs> He's like, that one's mine. That's going home with me. That's so cool. it got a good home, Nick. Cool, cool. Was that the blue one? I uh, yes, it was. Great. Pretty nice blue. I think they were going for hedgehog blue. Cool, cool. Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun with that in my house until we started having more consoles with the uh, sonic in it so that's cool that's, that's good to know good to know i gotta get home good deal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cool so uh yeah i guess that's it unless you guys got some more snips from sega land nope you got any more snips snippets there aaron snip snaps snip snip no sir <laughs> all right well let's just uh let's jump right into this thing uh hey aaron game on game on nick hey sean game on game on nick game on yeah game on you know, I always struggled with this game. I, I kept calling it Sonic Team Racing, and I, I, I realized that was wrong every time I said it. I Team think Sonic it was because, Racing. Yeah, because 
crash team racing already yeah. existed for years and years. So and they, that's not maybe good. they didn't want to go so close to that name. Team Sonic Don't Racing. Bad, Nick. Uh, SonicStadium.org. Yeah, they have a podcast, and uh, one guy kept calling it Sonic Team Racing over and over, much to the chagrin <laughs> of his co-host. So you're not the only one that thinks that. I think it should be called that because I know what they're doing. Sonic Team makes the games. Team Sonic is Sonic and his friends. But alphabetically, we'd all appreciate all the Sonics being next to each other in the game store and on the shelves. <laughs> That's a good point. Because <laughs> honestly, I was uh, I was trying to boot this game up again the other day, and I had it up on my shelf, and I kept looking for Sonic, and I saw Sonic Forces, I saw Sonic Mania, and I'm like, where's my racing game? Did I lose it? And then as I kept scrolling through my Switch collection, I'm like, oh, there it is, Team Sonic Racing. Took me a little while to get there. That's why I wanted to kind of confess that's what I've been calling it, because it was kind of embarrassing. (laughs) It's one of those moments that I kind of had to laugh at myself. But uh, yeah, this game, uh, it got released in May of this year, May 21st, came out on the Switch, PS4, Xbox, and the PC. Uh, I, I think we're all coming from a different uh, console. I got it on the on the Switch. I believe Aaron has it on the PC or uh, the PS4. And uh, Sean, you have it on the PC. Is that correct? Yeah, I got some footnotes about the PC version to share later. Cool, cool. And Aaron, you were playing on the PS4, correct? Yes, yeah, that's, that's the version I got. It's the one you gifted to me. Actually. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so very cool. Though I will say. Had I had gotten my Switch a few months earlier, I probably would have gotten it on Switch. No, I know, I know. It's all good. But, it's uh, so cruel in a segmented, commercially crass world like ours that we can't have cross-play among them all. No, I know. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for with this game, because there are bigger games that do cross-play, but who knows why. Yeah. And it seemed like all the versions were... Right at thirty-nine to forty dollars. Uh, I don't know how much the PC version costs, but as I'm looking on Amazon today, it is July the seventh. Uh, it's running for thirty-nine dollars. Uh, PS4 version is thirty-one dollars. Uh, I don't know what the PC costs right now. I don't know what you paid for, it, Sean, but it's uh, definitely not a sixty-dollar game from what I'm seeing. Well, right now the uh, Steam Summer Sale is still on until the ninth of two thousand nineteen, July. So it's discounted ten percent. So a little savings there. Very cool. I think of course, it retails I, I for about thirty. Price, so. Yeah, I think it's thirty for PS4 right now. When I was last at Walmart, so you can grab it for a fairly decent price. Oh yeah, and uh, there's a website called G2A. Have you guys ever heard of that? No, G2A. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Um, yeah, it's uh, basically a place where people resell their gift copies or their Steam code copies of games. So sometimes you can find things lower priced there than elsewhere if you're going for Steam or even the consoles. Like you can find Nintendo and Xbox and PS, uh, PS4 on there. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that place. Just uh, I, I think they've gotten in hot water a little bit in the past just because sometimes they've allowed codes that weren't good on the site. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, if it works, more power. Yeah, I've bought a few things from them. It's kind of like when you first go there, you're like, ooh, look at this price. And they're like, oh, but we don't include the fees and stuff for the payment processor. So it's a little higher. And they're based in the EU, so there's the VAT taxes to pay. But still, it it often is cheaper than buying it elsewise. So even though some people aren't good people and they're selling keys that they shouldn't be, It, it's a lot of legitimate ones on there, I imagine, but they, they all work that I've bought, so even bought a gift copy for a friend, so there you go. Cool. 
So this game was developed by Sumo Digital. I, if you go to Moby Games, which is one of my favorite websites, and you click on their link, it doesn't show them having a uh, resume of games. But if you actually go to their website, uh, if you go to the uh, our games and it says we make games, uh, there's there's quite a few on here. You got Dead Island Two, Little Big Planet Three, Crackdown Three, Snake Pass, Hitman Two. So um, I don't know what's the deal with Mo- Moby Games, but they they have done some other games other than the. Team Sonic Racing, so it's a pretty nice little resume they got going there. Some uh, some better games in, in some of these series. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played Snake Pass. That was a pretty cool game too. I'm not real big uh, into Little Big Planet, but Snake Pass was a cool game. What was that, Aaron? No, I I have played some of the. Well, I didn't play Little Big Planet three, but I know they worked on that. Um, but I know they definitely did. Um, they did like Outrun, online arcade. And they did the last Sonic Racing game, uh, which was just on everything. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was just released on so many different systems. They, I think they made the last two Sonic Racing, major Sonic Racing games, uh, the Sonic and Sega All-Star Racing, and then uh, Sonic and uh, All-Stars Racing Transformed. So they've got a pretty good pedigree yeah, yeah. Of working on racing games. A lot of vir- vir- Virtua Tennis, which I love that series. Uh, a lot of Virtua Tennis games on their resume. Yeah, this, oh, yeah, and uh, some Dead Space games, believe it or not, kind of interesting. And, uh, Forza, it said Forza Horizon 4. Oh, yeah? I didn't see that. Yeah. So you guys ever hear of Good Game or Good Game Spawn Point? Good Game Spawn Point, I don't think so. Um, it's They're actual TV shows by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, or ABC. And uh, they're really good. The, the original... Originally, they had one show that covered all games, and then it was popular enough where they made two shows. So the original one started just covering the games that were for teens and adults, and then the Spawn Point was ones for kids and family. Eventually, the original one got canceled, but the Spawn Point one got kept. Really good show. You can watch it on YouTube, their website, Australian TV. And it's funny because there's a robot on the show. He's like my favorite character, and uh, his name's Darren. Uh, which is like the data data analyzing robot for the ruthless extermination of noobs, <laughs> and uh, it's hilarious because he pronounces Forza as Forza, like there's an invisible T in there, and so like even on the shows, like people started writing it like, why does Darren always say it Forza? And so sorry, tangent, <laughs> heard the name, thought it up. It's kind of like pizza, right? <laughs> Oh, right, right. Who like that Sonic Boom episode? Well, my plan has pizza. Well, my plan has pizzazz. Pizza, pizzazz. Uh, there's some good good jokes in that show. <laughs> That's cool. So, um, yeah, as far as the uh, credits go, that's why I got Sumo Digital. Some some good games they've done on the resume, so go check that out. Cool stuff. Um, and we already mentioned the cost. You're going to definitely... Spend under sixty dollars, no doubt. Thirty nine dollars, thirty dollars here and there for the different platforms you get this on. So very cool. Um, as far as the you know, Sega, Sega should do like in the old days and eventually re-release this with Sonic Forces as a two pack. Oh, that'd be cool. It'd be nice to see more stuff like that. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Well, they did that with Sonic um, on the PSP, Sonic Rivals One and Two. So hey, there's hope. <laughs> Cool. I could see that. So, uh, as far as the genre goes of this game, I, I wrote in my notes it's a kart racer, duh, but, <laughs> or car racer, as you say. But this, this, <laughs> this game follows if if you played the uh, 
what is it, Sonic All-Stars Racing. That was one of the ones I really liked. I had it on the Vita, which was really cool handheld. Um, it follows that kind of similar similar gameplay. Um, you know, there's a minus lot. Minus the planes. Yeah. <laughs> minus, minus the flying and, and, and hover. And all the other Sonic or uh, Sega characters you get on that game. <laughs> yeah. They kind of like took out half of what I liked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really care for how the air racing handled in Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, but... Uh, I like the water racing, except when somebody creates a huge pillar of water that throws your boost into a rock or something. (laughs) Because when they're splashing around, it goes from smooth to all the boats hitting the water as they jump a cliff and your dash end up flying you straight up instead of straight forward. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's why they remove things. (laughs) So, yeah, this this, this game... um follows a similar type of gameplay but it's what i liked about this game is when i first booted this game up the main menu is very streamlined you got about six bubbles you have adventure local play online multiplayer Uh, you have your player stats your garage and your mod mod pods as they call it but um i i i tend to being a busy adult job kids I, i don't like these sometimes when you get a menu and start looking through everything like oh gosh it's gonna take forever to really dig into this game but i really liked how streamlined this game was i i jumped right into team adventure as soon as i opened it up and my kids actually played and it's real cool basically when you read the title team sonic racing this is based around the team uh you know <laughs> pretty easy to to get that but uh, a, a team of three which is real fun because it's me and my two sons uh you 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 race and you can do a grand prix kind of like you would in mario kart and my the, two sons i call them tails and knuckles tails and knuckles sonic tails and knuckles that's exactly what we did too <laughs> first race i actually wrote that down but uh, it's really neat because you when you like, like say you do a grand prix and you win first place by how many points your team gets not not by how your one person does so there's a lot of real cool team attributes that happen uh, whoever's in first place leaves a yellow trail behind and whoever is behind you you can get on that yellow trail and it makes you go faster uh, you can swap items uh, you can um, uh, you can slingshot each other which is really cool and uh, m- me and my two kids had a blast on that which was really cool if you're playing single player it's the same thing but you're using the computerized but it was kind of neat how they could just pop into my adventure mode uh, with, without me having to restart an adventure yeah, and they could just pop in as they needed to and play with me and then if they got bored they want to go play Fortnite on their switches I could just uh, keep playing the adventure mode which is really cool we put 10 hours into this game in no time uh, within a week or so we played this game that much it was really cool to, to actually do that and we, we we played a lot of Mario Kart in the past but the, the kids actually like this just as well as Mario Kart so that was really kind of a because I asked I always like to ask my kids you know what do you like better this or Mario Kart and at the time they're they're like, oh, Sonic's better, but as time went on, they're like, well, we like this game just as much as Mario Kart. Yeah, you know, this game kind of acts as a nice palette cleanser. So, like, if you've been playing Mario Kart for an hour and you want to play more, but you don't want to play more, you can switch to this because it's different enough where it's refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And there's enough, uh, you know, Mario Kart, when you play the Grand Prix, it's just racing. Um, uh, when you play the adventure mode on Sonic, there's so many cool like, little side stages where you have to, you know, there's a survival mode where uh, whoever's in last place gets eliminated from the match, or there's like the ring collecting mode where there's a timer, and the more rings you get, the more times added to it, and you gotta beat your uh, high scores. Like I was mentioned earlier on Sega Snippets, those modes got real addicted to me, kind of like Crazy Taxi did, where I I would get the silver or the gold, but it was never good enough. I wanted to keep racing until I got the platinum. Um, so it, it, it kept you interested enough in the adventure that you, you kept coming back. And you kept wanting to get more and more of the 
of the what was it the stars and then unlock the keys to get to the next level and everything but uh i thought that, i thought that was really cool but um i, I was going to ask you too aaron did uh, did your did your kids play this game at all yeah um so i got to play it with them uh, <laughs> two of my controllers stopped working so i'd kind of do oh, dang. <laughs> yeah two player <laughs> matches with them well i had one that like the stick kept on dragging everything to the left and then was that from a rage quit or something (laughs) no it was just a uh no that was another controller no (laughs) no this was uh so i'd gotten one of those hori controllers which is good for 2d games but uh there for some reason the the stick i don't know if it just got jammed somewhere but uh the stick stopped centering and so it just drags and then um another like first party controller i had for a while the battery died so i just need to get another battery for it but yeah i played it with the kids uh they they enjoyed it and uh you know i definitely put some time into it solo and uh we we had some good times so far uh kind of got cut short a little bit (laughs) when my tv died but uh having to get another tv but yeah, the time I've spent with the game and with my kids, it, I think the best part about this game, unlike if you were playing one of the other big kart racers, is that you can play the team racing mode, so you can play with uh, less experienced players uh, and not have to feel like it's a competition all the yeah. time. So that, that could be good. And and you know if you're if your kid is not doing so hot, you know, like my five-year-old, you know, just uh, give him an item and give him a boost, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, real quick, were you guys hearing all those fireworks that they were just firing for, like, the last ten minutes? Because if so, I apologize. Oh, no, I thought you were making those sound effects yourself. Well, that that was my gut. I really <laughs> need to stop going to that restaurant. It was <laughs> totally was not my bust. gut. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. That's right. I got a dog barking in the background. I'm not sure what's going on. The uh, the fireworks have been going around my neighborhood like crazy as well. So my, my poor dog's been been going crazy the past few nights. <laughs> so uh, real quick, you guys, uh, should we maybe go over like the past Sonic games that have been racing games? Because like I have played so many of those, and I'd be <laughs> interested to hear which games you have played because it kind of gives perspective to the review you know uh are we talking about just sonic racing games or racing games outside of sonic well like just the ones featuring sonic the hedgehog oh so maybe like so, i'll name well, I, them I and with, you guys like be like oh yeah that uh, game was sonic awesome R. i don't know <laughs> what you talk about it started with sonic r like that's the og i mean whatever aaron we all know that game gear was home to the first sonic racing game (laughs) yeah sonic drift one and two those don't really hold up to mario kart though not so (laughs) now hang on a second all right because i read the sonic twitter and as they say on there who needs carts when you've got real racing cars like they got in tsr and if you want carts that's where the Sonic Drift games step in because they are a lot like that 16-bit original Mario Kart game. You got the tracks, you got the 2D, the sprite scaling. It's pretty good stuff, especially if you play it on a large screen, you know, got that full experience on. Got Knack the Weasel. Can't beat that. 
Fang the Sniper. You know what I'm talking about, unless <laughs> unless you guys didn't play those first, dude, did you? No, I, I, I have. And I know uh, if you didn't have a Game Gear, you could play, I think you could play both of them, because one of those didn't get released over here, but you could play them on the GameCube Sonic Collection. I think it was like Sonic Gems. Yeah, uh, Sonic Jams Collection, and later the PlayStation 2 and Xbox with the uh, Sonic Mega Collection Plus. Right, and I think those are pretty solid games, but you know, trying to compare uh, an 8-bit Game Gear game to like 16-bit is a little harder. So I, I would give a little more leniency <laughs> towards you know the 8-bit 8, Game Gear stuff because it's pushing the hardware pretty hard to do some of that scaling and some of the tricks they pulled off. So. Plus, I, I you can uh, you can unlock them in uh, Sonic Adventure DX. See, that's handy. That's cool. So, there, there, what I felt like, okay, so if we're talking about Team Sonic Racing, though, I feel like there was much more potential than the sixteen players that they give you. Like, I get that they were trying to give you some of the teams from like Sonic Heroes, but I feel like the Sonic Universe has so many characters from other games to choose from. And one yeah, yeah. that they could have thrown in there that they didn't, that I felt like I you know, I don't know what they were going for because like you think about like the, the new Mario Kart, well new mm-hmm. five year old Mario Kart, uh, like with the new shiny coat of paint, it had like forty one racers. Uh, Crash Team Racing had about twenty four racers, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of wondering what gives? Why so few racers? But yeah. who knows? Well, you know, I kind of got my theory on that. And that's basically that the game was done five months ago, or now it's a few months after release, but it was done in 2018. Sega set a budget, Sega picked a developer, and Sega was like, eh, schedule's kind of busy, don't want to compete with these games, we're going to delay it, but we'll give you time to polish it and fix some bugs. We're not going to really add content or make it bigger. And so I think their way of compromising is why it launched at six at forty dollars instead of fifty or sixty dollars. That makes sense. Why it would be cheaper, and and I, that probably makes sense. Why the adventure mode feels so like I like the different things that you can do in that mode, in the story mode. But I don't like that the presentation is basically Game Boy Advance. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's have characters with text boxes popping up on a screen that are just 2d uh static images it's kind of uh reminiscent of sonic rush adventure on the ds where it had sonic and tails it had blaze it had marine the raccoon and it was told visual novel style with the profile pictures in the background and the words up front uh just uh, a british take on it this time if you will yeah, because it's Team Sumo's a British developer, but I feel like you know, for a racing game, it kind of grinds things to a halt a little bit for you to have to wade through text <laughs> to get ready for a race. Uh, it it doesn't gel as quite as well as I think it should. But you can press uh, triangle, I think it is, to skip all the story bits and go right into the race in the campaign mode. That's true. Very true. But, okay, so back to your question about racing games in the Sonic universe. Yeah, I, I so, had to I know we talked the about Game Drift. Gear ones because I grew up with the Game Gear, so I couldn't I couldn't let people overlook it. Yeah, I, I won't overlook those, but the one I spent the most time with was probably Sonic R. 
Yeah, I spent a lot of time yeah, with too. that on PC. Which is weird. It's another yeah, British PC developer, for me too. right? Yeah, Traveler's Tales. Uh-huh. Uh, so I had it on my Sega Saturn. I know it also got re-released as part of the GameCube collection. Um, so people have definitely played Sonic R. And that one was interesting because I think only Amy had a car in that and maybe Dr. <laughs> Robotnik. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and, and so you played as Sonic or Tails, and you were literally running or flying through the courses. <laughs> and and the, the handling of those games was not quite what it is in the more recent yeah, it, Sonic racing it, It's funny games. because I uh, I bought that when Walmart first came around our area back in the mid-90s. And it came in a twin pack. I had to go look it up to make sure I was remembering this right. But uh, it came in a twin pack with Sonic 3D Blast on the PC. It was right when we got our first PC uh, when I was in... Gosh, I was a senior in high school or something, and my dad and I built our first PC, so I bought that because I, I wanted to play Sonic 3D Blast on my computer because uh, my, my, I never got it on the Genesis, so I bought that. Yeah. It came with Sonic R, and uh, I, I had an okay time with it, but uh, that was my first memory of any Sonic it racing was, game, period. Yeah, and, and it had some like cool ideas like getting you know having collectibles on the courses, uh, but it couldn't really... When I played, I remember playing Crash Team Racing and like Diddy Kong Racing around the same time, and it didn't quite hold up as well as those games. And the amount of courses compared to those was, you know, I think you were talking like 16 to 20 courses on those games compared to the five in Sonic R, uh, or five or six. There really weren't that many that I recall. Yeah, um, back in the day, I went from having uh, Game Gear when it was brand new, getting all the Sonic games and various other Sega games and, you know, quality Game Gear games. And then it took all the way until the Dreamcast in 2001 for me to get another Sega console. And uh, I ended up buying like several Sega Genesis's from a video rental store that was going out of business and Super Nintendo stuff. But right, who cares about that? We're on Genesis Gems. Um, <laughs> You know, Legend of Zelda 3, whatever. That stuff doesn't matter. Um, the point is, I didn't get to play a lot of these games unless they were ported to the PC. So I also got the big box Sonic CD and the big box Sonic and Knuckles collection, which it was kind of morbid. If you went into the add remove program section on Windows 95 or later, because that's what the game was for, instead of just saying Sonic and Knuckles or Sonic Knuckles collection for where you would uninstall the game, it literally said Sonic and Knuckles killer with an exclamation mark in the list of programs. It's like, oh, my God, now I never want to uninstall this game. <laughs> it, it was just kind of traumatic to put it like that. You know, a programmer did that. Like, oh, this is going kind of funny because you're kind of killing them when you're on install. It's like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, that's how I got Sonic CD, Sonic 3D Blast, Sonic and Knuckles collection. And my PC was not well equipped to run these games, so they were running like half speed, a third of the speed with the 2D games. And so, like one second was three seconds. But I tolerate that, including even the additional loading scenes on the Windows version of Sonic CD, because it's like, it's Sonic. I've been wanting to play these for years. I barely got a Sega CD like four years after I played on PC. <laughs> so, yeah, I played a lot of Sonic R to bring it back around. To bring it back around even further, <laughs> what was the next racing game in the Sonic franchise you played after that? Well, after um, playing Sonic R with its one unlockable track and the four main tracks, um, 
Oh yeah, hey, here's here's an interesting one because I follow a lot of these guys on social media. They actually, uh, Nick, do you remember this? How they added a day and night cycle to the PC version and weather like rain and clouds so that the tracks would be different and it added a little more variety? No, I didn't. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. On the console version for the Saturn, I, I eventually got that too. Um, they didn't have those features, but they had a little extra time when porting it, so they added the weather effects and the time of day. So it adds a little more variety, even if you got those five tracks and you got, what, Sonic Tales, Knuckles, Amy, Dr. Eggman, Metal Sonic, and Tails Doll as the playable characters. <laughs> um, so after that, let's see, we went from the Saturn to the Dreamcast, and uh, we had racing in Sonic Adventure 1 with Twinkle Park. That was pretty good stuff, actually. And Sonic uh, Adventure 2 had racing as well with multiplayer where uh, you were going around and uh, racing as Rouge and Tails and stuff. Uh, been a while since I played those, though. You guys? Yeah, I think those... I mean, those could technically count. And then there was, like, Sonic Rivals uh, on PSP. But I, I don't think until Sumo Digital uh, actually put out all-star racing that there was like a true sonic kart racing again I, well i guess you know before that there was the what sonic riders sonic riders yeah right? i had that on yeah, the, the game sonic riders there was sonic riders zero gravity and there was sonic riders free riders as well as having rivals one and two which you mentioned and they had um uh shoot you guys talk i'll remember <laughs> <laughs> I never, I, 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 didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time with Riders. I remember having it. Did it come out on the, the, the GameCube? Am I remembering that wrong? I feel like it. Yeah, game. I thought there was like GameCube PS2. Yeah, Sonic. I remember there. Sonic with a snowboard. It's what yeah, I remember. That, that's what I remember. There was a snowboard because I remember. With, uh, and there was like Sonic a Sonic uh, Connect racing game also that launched with it. Okay, so Sonic Rivals. Uh, the first was on the uh, GameCube and the PlayStation 2. The second one was on the Wii. And the third was on Connect for Xbox 360. Okay. I haven't played the third one. And uh, the second one, uh, I swear, this guy that's been in charge of Sonic Team ever since Yuji Naka left <laughs> after, you know, Nights into Dreams, he loves aliens. He keeps putting aliens <laughs> in Sonic games, including Team Sonic Racing. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of these aliens. <laughs> Sonic does not mix well with aliens. Stop this, Izuka. Just stop it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there was Sonic Racing games on iOS and Android as well, because they had um, the uh, Sonic Runners, uh, Sonic Runners Adventure, they had uh, Sonic Dash, Sonic Dash 2, Sonic Boom, and Sonic Forces Speed Battle, which is a multiplayer online racing game with rankings and seasons and stuff. Um, and uh, do you guys remember how Sega killed off Sonic Runners? No. Uh, I'd imagine they just deprived him of water. And <laughs> uh, that is hilarious. We need some cymbal sounds, maybe some drums. But I'm <laughs> uh, no, no. Sega basically said, you know, we got all this Japanese style, you know, pay to win mechanics in the game, and all these loot boxes equivalent and stuff, and we're making lots of money, but not enough. So we're killing it off. Well, the fans didn't like that, and so this year a fan-revived version of Sonic Runners for iOS and Android is going to be released. You can follow them on YouTube, 
later this month they're having an open beta <laughs> so anybody that liked that game and collecting all the stuff and racing is classic sonic modern sonic the other friends sticks the badger that game will be back this year nice <laughs> that's interesting so because we've gone off on many sonic related <laughs> Dandid, tangents Dandid alert <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna let nick take us back into the the main game we're talking about yeah so how about the mod pods that was an interesting take on this game uh, i had a lot of I, did, I didn't even realize what i was doing so we were playing the adventure <laughs> mode my kids and i and just, i don't even know yeah the, these credits kept coming through and i'm like what are these credits for so i go to this thing called mod pods and i'm just like unlock 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 i'm just hitting the uh, a button on my switch controller over and over again i'm getting all these really cool upgrades it's a part of this game i think kind of takes it a little above what mario kart did because mario kart had upgrades but they were the same for him as each character other than a little bit of a color change mm. but uh, what, what what team sonic racing did was it gave you specific upgrades for each character which was really cool i i of course use sonic most of all for uh you know, sonic and tails were kind of my t- main two uh drivers on this game but it was really cool that you could get new parts to your car that made it go faster and then you could change the color of it which was really cool i i, I had one vehicle that was completely blacked out made black wheels black bumpers black everything and then some of them i had like all gold You're so or, edgy Dad. yeah i'm edgy man it's, it, was my, it was my depressed state the other day but i thought that was real cool <laughs> um the, the it, it gave it a little bit more customization it, it kind of reminded me when i used to play need for speed underground which was i'm not much of a racing game kind of guy but i really enjoyed need for speed underground on my uh, ps2 and it kind of reminded me of going back to that and upgrading all my vehicles and changing the rims and, and you know too bad i couldn't get the cool blue lights you know underneath the car yeah the, uh, the customizations actually carry over into the online play so it's a way of differentiating yourself yeah. so you know who you are when you're racing exactly and i and i felt that the only way i could do that in mario kart was by using the me character um which was pretty cool in mario kart because i would use the me character and i would throw my sonic suit on from the Sonic Amiibo I have. But that was really the only way I felt kind of personalized with Mario Kart. I, f- I feel like Sonic, uh, Team Sonic Racing had a little bit more to offer in the in the terms of customization. Yeah, you know, uh, the Mod Pods, the phrasing for that was a little confusing. Because if you look <laughs> online and you're looking for modifications to change the game itself, and you type in mods, you will get all these results for Mod Pods. So you got to put minus pods when searching for your mods. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, haven't found any mods yet, but they modded Sonic Forces to have all sorts of characters in it. Like, they added Bunny Rabot from the Sadam Sonic cartoon from 93 <laughs> and other Sonic characters. And uh, even, like, Professor Pickle was added to Sonic Generations and stuff. So if they've modded these other Sonic PC games, you know... With a roster of only 15 characters in this game, that they are going to eventually figure out how to add them to it. Because I've already seen discussions in the modder forums, so it's going to be just a matter of time. But speaking of, Nick, uh, what are the racers in uh, Team Sonic Racing that people can choose from? Oh my, they've got quite a bit of them, right? (laughs) Sonic and Tails and Amy and Knuckles. Uh, what was the big cat's name? Big C, which I can't. <laughs> that guy can all get big the cat. Big, big the cat. Big the cat. <laughs> that dude. Who, who's part of Team Rose with uh, Amy Rose and the Chow? Because I guess Cream got the pink slip. <laughs> I was. Uh, I, I think I was most excited to see. Um, who was it? Uh, Vector. 
No, no, no. The common collector. I, I definitely wasn't excited to see uh, Shadow. I'm not a big Shadow fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like Shadow, but I don't like how they changed his personality yeah. over time. Yeah, it's a little, little weird. But um, you know, go, going back to a, uh, a a throwback of like Sonic CD, it was really cool to see Metal Sonic, which I thought was really cool. My uh, my oldest son picked him a lot for some reason. I, I don't know what. Because he, he's never actually seen Metal Sonic in any games. But he can, and I don't he, see him headbang all that much either. Exactly, right? Or throw up devil horns oh, or, or shred guitar. Well, you, you know, my son, son my, my son did go viral for a metal video with the shovel. You remember that, right? So, yeah. So he, 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 know, he knows metal. But <laughs> he constantly... Yeah, you know, personally, I think Metal Sonic is overrated and overused. But at the same time, in polling, he's very highly rated among the... Uh, young boys that's the primary demographic for these games and so he gets included in a lot of the comics and games and stuff if it's multiplayer okay so who else we missed we had what blaze but but that's not hating on metal sonic if you guys like metal sonic then choose (laughs) your metal that's right yeah you got stk sonic tells knuckles amy chow which which is a group of four you got the dark chow and the hero chow and the neutral chow because Aaron Weber, he's the head of Sonic Social Media, right? He loves the Chow. He wants them to be brought back. But Izuka's like, more aliens. So we don't get the more Chow aliens. in the main Sonic games. And they're like, well, just give us a Chow adventure. The fans and the chat on Twitch and YouTube, they want the Chow back. And he's like, ah, no. And so <laughs> we got him in this game. I think that's why, because the fans keep asking for it. So you got them, and you got Omo Chow. And so it's kind of like Omo Chow's revenge for throwing them in the lava and picking them up and tossing them all over the place in Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, right? But you could, right, count the <laughs> Chow as one of the female races. Because Sonic, they got a lot of female characters, but they don't show up a lot. There's not, like, a lot of representation. So I like to count the Chow group as having at least one female, like maybe the Hero Chow. And so it kind of balances it a little better. Hey, it can work. Yes. And then there's there's Big the Cat. They make up Team Rose. No, my Big the Cat. Big the Cat, who, uh, let's be honest, he should have a bigger vehicle because <laughs> <laughs> he barely fits in that car. Yeah, like Zavok, he's like spilling all over the place. Yeah. I mean, and it just looks like he's driving a clown car. What's going on? Yeah. And then the, the next group is, is um, Team Vector. Which is another weird team, because, right, they could have just used the teams from Sonic Heroes, which is what I think a lot of people wanted. Um, But then they're like, okay, we're swapping out Cream, which is kind of weird, but okay, people want Chow and Big, they haven't been in a lot of games. But then we get to Team Vector, and it's like, wait, you've got Time Traveler Silver the Hedgehog, who's from 200 years in the future. (laughs) We have Blaze the Cat, who's from another dimension, She's kind of like the equivalent of Sonic in that she's like the hero of the world. She's got the soul emeralds. She can go super and turn into Blaze, uh, Burning Blaze. And you got Vector, the crocodile, who's team of, uh, head of Team Chaotix, the detective agency. And they're all on one team. Why? I, I get that Blaze and Silver are friends, but it's like, we got, n- we got nowhere else for Vector. Well, what about Espion Charming? Said we don't got the budget for it. Uh, we'll just toss them in with these two. <laughs> Why not bring back the original team from Knuckles Chaotix? Exactly. I mean, you got Mighty... Oh, okay. I'm sorry, guys. I got to do this. 
<laughs> so Izuka. He loves his aliens, but he also has this weird idea that classic Sonic and modern Sonic are two separate things. Now, we all know that it's just a timeline, but for some reason, he considers Mighty and Ray to be classic characters, so they can only show up in the classic universe. So they can't be in this game. But why not SBO and Charmy? I don't know. But apparently, we got Knack the Weasel, Fang the Sniper. We got Bean the Dynamite Duck and Bark the Polar Bear showing up in the IDW Sonic comics. It's like, wait, wait, wait. All of those characters are from the classic era. They haven't had a true appearance in any modern game. Oh, but they can be with all the modern characters, not these other guys. You guys so crazy. <laughs> okay, so, Team Dark. Who's on Team Dark, guys? Team Dark. Who do you got? Shadow and... Right, right. Omega and yeah. Rogue. Rouge the Bat. Rouge. Rogue. She's part of the Babylon Rogues in her spare time, though, so it's cool. <laughs> Nailed that. Snailed it. Snailed it. There you go. And then finally, we got Team Eggman, which is one of the weirdest teams on the whole game package. Because you got Metal Sonic. Okay, he's Eggman's robot. That makes sense. Then you got Dr. Eggman. No stranger to racing. <laughs> then you got Zavok. And I got a real big problem with that. Either of you play uh, the, the uh, Sonic Lost World game with the Deadly Six? I did not play that. No, I've heard it's one of the better of the modern Sonic games. Nick? I did not play that one. Okay, you guys are you're in the right place. <laughs> Don't play that one. I played it on PC, and it made it even worse. There were these terrible bugs, and I mean solid objects that you would fall right through. Invisible objects that would be a problem. The game running at like 20 frames per second oh, no. when Sonic Forces, which is much newer, ran much better. It was a nightmare, especially collecting those red star rings when you're dying because the game randomly decides whether you can pass through objects or not. Well, the Deadly Six encompass the Zeddy. Now, the Zeddy sound like Yeti. That's what they were going for in English. <laughs> but in Japan, they weren't Zeddy. They were Oni. But when they play tested with American kids in San Francisco, later Irvine after Sega moved, they thought that these Oni, which are part of Japanese mythology, looked like cavemen. So like, we can't have them thinking they're lame cavemen. So they renamed them to Zeddy, made them all stripey. All their names have uh, Zs in it. So you have Master Zik, which is like the stereotypical wise Asian master. You got Zaz, who's the crazy, like, freak that's pink, and he's in Sonic uh, Forces Speed Battle for some reason. Uh, you got, you know, the green female, you got the emo guy that's purple, you got the fat yellow guy, and you got Zavik, the big red guy who's a total Bowser wannabe. And spoilers, if you play to the end of Sonic Lost World, you will see just how much Izuka wanted that game to be Mario Galaxy. I swear, like from the weird physics and the stuff where people are like, oh, is this supposed to be inspired by the canceled Sega Saturn game, Sonic Extreme? And he's like, ho, 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 no. He, he actually laughed in that interview at the at the idea because it was really inspired by Mario Galaxy. And if you get to that final boss fight, OMG, total Bowser <laughs> wannabe. 
I mean, it was a copy and paste of a classic Mario fight. And it's like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. And then when I was playing with the bugs, it made me hate it even more. I mean, I <laughs> thought the 3DS game was bad, but oh my gosh, the game on PC was a nightmare to get through. And so I actually rage quit for a year <laughs> before I finally went back and finished that game. And there was only a little bit left when I finished. I'm like, you know, that's not so bad. I'm going to play hard mode for a little bit. So I played through the first like zone. It's like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then I play a little more. I'm like, you know what? Now I remember because I got to the bad stuff again. So don't play that. But we got Zavok from there. And the thing that doesn't make sense about it, he's this big, tough guy from a world called Planet Hex. He shouldn't even be around because his planet went back into orbit just like Little Planet from Sonic CD. And yet he's back and he's working for question, question, question. Don't want to spoil it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Eventually, if you go into the character select, you can see it right there. He's racing with Metal Sonic and Dr. Eggman. But Zavok hates Dr. Eggman. Dr. Eggman hates Zavok. They issued multiple and at times graphic death threats to each other in Sonic Lost World. And yet it's like, oh, hey, homies, I'm here to race for you because you hired me. And it's like, what? And it's like, OK, I get it. You guys do your character poll and see who's popular at the moment. That's why Shadow keeps showing up in games. But seriously, Zavok, I don't care how many boys like Zavok. It makes no sense, and it is lame. Thoughts? <laughs> this is totally random. I have zero thoughts about that. <laughs> because is... I've not played Lost World, and I've... Honestly, I hardly even touched Team Robotnik outside of... Well, obviously, I, I guess multiplayer, I used him a little bit, but that was about it. <laughs> That's funny. This is totally random, but when you mentioned uh, you know, Sega being in Irvine... I almost got to go to Irvine. My one of my uh, corporate headquarters for the company I work for is in Irvine, and it's literally like right in between Blizzard and uh, Sega. And I'm like, ooh, if I go to Irvine, I can visit Sega and Blizzard. That'd be like a uh, little heaven for me. But that trip didn't. That happen. would have been so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. That was already on my plans. I'm like, I need to make sure I can go check out Blizzard and Sega. But nope. See, the, you know, this is what I don't get. Right? There's so many Sonic characters that could have been in this game. And people on the Twitch slash YouTube live stream, so as social media team, they keep saying, oh, can you add this guy? Can you add some DLC? I will pay you money. Take my money. I want these characters. And yet they're like, nope, decision made. We're, we're giving you the whole package, total value, no DLC, no season passes. It's like, dudes, if there was ever a game where that was the wrong decision, it was a game where you could include dozens of characters and people would keep paying you. You should have taken the DLC route with this i mean zavok you could have had orbot and cubot like if you can have the chow racing for chow to a car you could have orbot and cubot and that would have been a better choice <laughs> cool. so any which way guys what what do you think should they have had more racers in this game i, I think they could have i mean I, why not bring out a uh, bionic sonic bionic sonic yeah <laughs> from uh you know sonic the hedgehog 2 game gear <laughs> All right, right. How they have Silver Metal Sonic. Sonic and Mecha Sonic and Silver Sonic. There, there's quite the range of different metallic Sonic doppelgangers. Yes. Yeah, and it seems like the trend lately in Sonic games has been having the new look Sonic and the old school Sonic, right? Kind of like when you're in Sonic okay. Forces. Yeah, maybe check, they could <laughs> check this out, gentlemen. What if they had an awesome throwback? Now, I don't know if you guys played the Sonic Advance games on the Game Boy Advance. 
But what if they brought back on Team Eggman metal knuckles? Hmm. Yeah, I could go for that. I, I could also go for a raceable chili dog. <laughs> or maybe hot, hot the Daytona sauce. car. Or Have Hornet. A, uh, or maybe. With Oscar Meyer and their famous uh, uh, Oscar Meyer Wiener car. <laughs> I mean, that could work. Or what about. The unlockable horse from Daytona USA. I'd totally be down for that. That would be sweet stuff. As a matter of fact, speaking of sweet stuff, it would have been nice if you had different cars for the racers because I really would have liked to Amy have her original car from the Sonic Drift games that looks like the taxi from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Eddie. (laughs) Right? Because it's basically like a blue and white Eddie is her car in Sonic Drift. And it's like... Guys, you could have had so much DLC for this game, including alternative cars. It would have been sweet. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few cars I, I didn't really like. Like, I thought Tails' car was a little too pointy, which kind of sounds stupid. But um, like like you all mentioned, you know, Big kind of... <laughs> he kind of looks like he's stuck in a bathtub. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's just uh, I did like how the Mod Pods let you customize your car. And how it affects not just the visuals of the car, but the different attributes. Um, but the problem was there was like six different vehicle parts for each of the three different areas of the car, something like that. And you can get legendary ones, which unlock at a lesser speed, a lesser rate than the normal ones. But the problem with the legendaries is they're purely aesthetic. And so the only difference is their default color scheme is gold instead of being whatever the character's particular palette is. Um, But the problem is, as you go along and you've got these different palettes and you got different paint jobs, because part of the customization is not just the different parts, but changing the paint scheme and the material. You can use uh, metallic paint. You can use matte finishes, shiny finishes, plastic paint looks like um, metal that hasn't been painted, metal that's brushed, et cetera, et cetera. So you you can basically create the look of the legendary pieces by just using their regular analogs, because that's really, they just took the regular ones and made them gold, and oh, now we got extra ones. So they really have no difference. The legendaries are not better in any way, (laughs) and you can just paint the regular ones to look like them. So it's really just a way of having more things to unlock with the mod yeah. pods. Yeah, and, and I noticed that today because I, I unlocked some legendary stuff for Sonic when I was playing today. I got all excited and I went, I went over to the garage to try to change it and it didn't change my attributes at all. And I thought, really? Is that is that all it does? And, and I was kind of in the same boat there. I thought that was kind of kind of pointless in, in a sense. But um, what, what do but, you guys think the mod of... the pods, they were really great because you can also unlock the wisp power-ups to improve like your yeah, race. Yeah. So your boost lasts longer or you got the, the start boost with the 3, 2, 1 and you get the timing. Instead, you can use the, the power-up at uh, from the mod pod unlocks to have that automatically or better chances of getting triples or you start with the particular power-up. So there were other uses of the mod pods, but it, it's it's my favorite part do you want to know what it is guys sure my favorite part of the mod pods 
isn't actually even the Mod Pods themselves, <laughs> not the Wisps, not the different items, not even how you unlock the palette. So that was kind of a cheap thing. Like, well, you can go and select any of 16 million colors or more, but we're just going to have these palettes to unlock. So, okay, extra items. That's cool. No, my favorite the remix of the Sonic R music that plays in the background during the Mod Pod thing where you're going in and feeding in your tokens and unlocking the extra stuff and the, the tokens even have the Sonic R R on it. And I'm listening to that remix and I love that remix because this game has great music. Yeah, it is. But yeah, unfortunately, cool. when you take those Mod Pods into the garage, you're like, I'm going to customize all my cars with all my characters. I don't like Zablock. I'm giving him a pink and white car. I'm giving Shadow a yellow car. But then you hear the same track loop over and over the whole time in the garage. And it's good music if it was on its own. But it's this remix of Greenlight Ride, which is the theme song for this game. And it gets so irritating hearing that play again and again while I've you're in the garage. i heard my kids hum that song because it plays so much. I took to muting it when I was modifying my cars because I couldn't take it anymore. You made a good point too because uh, the the uh, upgrades you can get to, to make your boost better in the beginning of the race. I, I had a hard time with that boost in the beginning of the race. You know, I, I think it, I believe Sonic Sega All Stars Racing had it the more the timing feature kind of like Mario yeah, Kart yeah. does. The uh, Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing, Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform, and this game all had it, but they all implemented it differently. Yeah, and in this game. Once you get used to it, it is the easiest of the three because you just press the acceleration button right before it shows one, two, or three on the screen. And that's all you got to do. In the earlier ones, it, not only was it more difficult, but each character had different timing. So you had to learn the timing oh, of gosh. the different characters in the earlier ones. I like that a little more. I just, I always had a hard time. I would hit. Yeah, three, two, and then as soon as one happens, I would just crap it out. <laughs> Isn't would, that awful? Would, oh, you get, you get like so an achievement for that, I think, where you lose it <laughs> Is that right, right there or something. I don't know. Oh, geez. Unfortunately, the Switch doesn't pop achievements, so I didn't get to see anything like that. But I, I guess I just got spoiled with Mario Kart. It was just such a such a I don't know, like a like a habit where I could just hit it. And I, I remember Sonic All Star Racing being a little bit easier. Maybe maybe I'm remembering wrong, but. uh it might just because it's a different approach in that game. Yeah, yeah, that that was interesting. But um, as far as the gameplay goes, what do you guys think about the right trigger being your acceleration? I, I know a lot of racing games have that. It took me a couple couple times to get used to it because I had played Mario Kart so much. But I, I kind of like that because to me it felt like drifting was easier because you're you're using your right trigger to, to accelerate, but yet your your L is your is your kind of jump slash drift. And I, I just felt like it was easier to, to, to transition between, you know, drifting and turning with, with that control scheme. Why don't you go first, Aaron? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't have any problems getting used to the controls. I thought, uh, what was it? Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I got used to it pretty quick. It's been a while since I played like a Mario Kart racing game to compare it to that. Uh, I know some games prefer to use the X button to accelerate, but um, I, I got used to it pretty quick. As for myself, I've played a lot of Sonic games and Sonic racing games, and I even buy like the same game across multiple systems because each of them is different and has features the others don't or control schemes. So like uh, with the uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars racing on the uh, Android and iOS, it was basically an enhanced version of the DS game. 
Uh, but the problem with that is you're playing with touchscreen controls, so your hands are blocking the view. Yeah. That's that's less than ideal. Um, and uh, on the DS, though, it was even worse because they took out the announcer. They took out the uh, music from the uh, the big game for TVs. And instead, they had like these midi-fied remixes of the sound. And uh, so it kind of felt did without the announcer. And the, the music was definitely a step down. But the reason I mention it is because the controls also used L and R on the DS. I was playing it on a DS Lite, and Ooh. it was just killer on my hand. Yeah, I those can't imagine it. lower corners were just digging right into the <laughs> center of my hands, and it was a really poor scheme. But thankfully, Team Sonic Racing allows you, at least on PC, to redefine your controls. So if you don't like it being on the shoulder, you can redefine it to any key or any gamepad uh, button. So that's a nice thing. That's cool. Yeah, and and where I've like I mentioned where I played so much Mario Kart, it, it took me a little while to get used to, but I, I actually prefer the the trigger on on the uh, Pro Controller I was using. And when I pulled the uh, Switch undocked, it it was pretty easy to get used to as well in handheld mode. So no no issues there at all. And 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 one of the big things about Team Sonic Racing that I don't think the other racers have is that that and I didn't mention it earlier when when the teamwork, um, the the more good things you do like the drifts and the and the tricks you do jumping off ramps, you you build a, a meter. At the bottom of your uh, screen, where you can actually do like a—I can't remember—it's like a Sonic, like a team boost, where you hit the uh, yeah team ultimate, they call it. Yeah, so on, on a switch, it's your it's your X button, but I believe it's like triangle on PS4 or uh, X on the uh, Xbox. But uh, you hit it, and uh, the whole team just just completely has a huge boost. And I, I used to save it to like the last lap, but I, I realized the quicker I got it and I could hit it right away, I make I actually got it twice a lot on a lot of. Uh, a lot of tracks, so it actually made me have a little bit more of an advantage of, of using it right away and then it, uh, being able to get on the last uh, lap as well. I thought that was a really cool feature, and, and as soon as I'd get it, I'd, my kids would always be like, Daddy, hit the boost, Daddy, hit the boost. <laughs> like, immediately, they would, they'd want to do it. And, and uh, Yeah, you can, uh, you can actually get the team ultimate uh, up to three times in a, yeah. a three-lap race, uh, but the speed at which you get it is determined by team actions. Um, and the way those go, in case you listeners haven't played this game yet, um, the person on your team that's the farthest ahead throws their toys on the ground and everybody <laughs> notices. I mean, no, the person ahead leaves a trail behind them. It's supposed to be like uh, going in the slipstream of a car, but visualized as yellow tracks on the ground. If you go onto that, that will cause you to go much faster. Um, and it helps to build your team meter. Another thing that helps is if you pick up a power-up in the form of the Wisp, but there's actually also a special one that's really hard to get to on some tracks. It's the invincibility, and that will cause you to be invincible and to go faster, well, other than flying off the track. Um, but basically, if you get a power-up, whichever one it is, you can pass it to your teammates. And when you do that, it seems like you're literally passing it to your teammates. But what the game actually does is it randomizes what your teammates will receive if they accept the offer. And the more you pass it back and forth, the better of an item it will be. And you build your boost meter or your ultimate meter by doing that. And so you can end up going from getting singles to getting better power-ups to even getting triples. And a nice little strategy to use is if you get a triple, 
use the first two of the triple, then pass it because it counts as a full item would count. So that's a really good way of attacking the enemies or boosting or using the fire wisp or the drill, which is kind of like auto steering temporarily uh, to get ahead. But then if it's like a one you has multiple uses like the bombs or the cubes or the rockets, use those first two, pass it along. You got to use it and it counts as a full thing when you switch it. So that was pretty sweet. Final thing is the skim boost. If one of your dudes has been like slowed down or attacked or just reappeared on the track because they flew off, if you touch the sides of their wheels or the, like the corners, it will cause them to instantly boost back up to speed. And all of that builds up your meter until it's full. The icons in the corners turn yellow to let you know it's ready as well. If you hit that top button on the face of your gamepad, it's team ultimate time. <laughs> Nice. But, guys, what did you think about them getting rid of the original All-Star moves? Because I thought those were a lot better. Bonanza Brothers throwing down bombs <laughs> from their Zeppelin. Yeah. Sonic turning into Super Sonic. It just wasn't the same when it's just like, okay, so each character <sighs> during the Ultimate, they get their own custom music track like Shadow from his game or Blaze from Sonic Rush. But it wasn't the same as having that 3D unique gameplay happening. No, I, I completely agree with you. I, you know, I thought for the first few times it was okay to hear, like, them have unique lines that they would say. But, uh, yeah, I felt like there was more effort put into the, the last game. Yeah, that there, there was nothing like being uh, you know, Suzuki and, uh, you know, getting the forklift to come down. <laughs> that was always my favorite part. Whenever I, I got to actually unlock uh, the motorcycle with the... Uh, you know, the guy from Shinmu I just mentioned and actually seeing that stupid forklift come down. That was pretty cool. I like it when you play as Samba from the Samba de Amigo game yeah. and everybody ends up forming a conga line with maracas behind you. <laughs> that was pretty classic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this game, it's just a simple like boost. And so they're all like ultimate power. Oh, yeah. Super invincible. And then you fly off the track and lose it all. As soon as you started, because you didn't notice. Well, then, and, and that's where my kids would always kind of argue with me, because they're like, Daddy, use it. I'm like, no, I'm going for a straight stretch. I don't want to do this on Yeah, curse. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to use it when, like, there's no bumpers on the side exactly. of the tracks, for example. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but another big problem I had with the Team Ultimate was how it affected gameplay performance. Like, on the Switch, depending on whether it's docked or portable mode, you're going to get a lesser frame rate. Like, yeah. Mario Kart on the Switch is locked at 60. But this game is often at 30. But once that Team Ultimate kicks in, the frame rate goes even lower. And on PC, with all of the, the blur and bloom and stuff that's happening, it really causes that frame rate to dip. Ugh. Yeah, I had problems with that frame rate, too. I know it's not was on PS4, which I think should have been fine. Was it the pro or a regular PS4? No, it was regular, so that makes more sense. But I, I especially noticed more frame rate dips when I was playing multiplayer. Yeah, there's a really great video by Digital Foundry about the various versions of this game. So anyone that wants to learn about the frame rate differences and why they're happening, I recommend those YouTube videos by Digital Foundry. Um, but as for myself, I played this on PC, and it was really unfair. Like, first of all, no physical copies, so that's lame, because I'm a collector, and I like having my hundreds of Sonic games on the shelves. <laughs> um, but because there was no physical copies, not only do you miss out on that, 
you missed out on the little poster because there's like a little poster that's included, right? Um, in the uh, in the back of the because uh, there's the slip that goes in the case front, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, gra I'm grabbing it right now. On, on the... All right. Well, while uh, Nick does that, a problem is too I'm with no it. physical copies, you couldn't order from Amazon. And with Amazon, if you've got Prime or Maybe you don't even need Prime anymore, but whatever. If you pre-order your software from them, your games, you get a 20% discount. So you oh, couldn't man. get that either. And and then, oh, they did it again with this game. Sonic Forces, they like totally sprung this bomb on everybody. Oh, by the way, we didn't tell you guys uh, before launch day, but there's Denuvo DRM on this thing. And that really affects performance. Like, I literally had this game at times go to zero frames per second for several seconds at a stretch. And I can only imagine it's because of the DRM that's in here. Because otherwise, like, it was a total roller coaster ride. Okay, so there's this track. It takes place in the sky. I think it's called Sky Road. There's lots of glass. There's lots of clouds. And so I imagined with all these volumetric clouds and reflections and things that that's what was slowing things down. So I actually ran the game three times in a row. The first time, the frame rate was terrible, even during the loading screens, right? It's just a static 2D thing. Frame yeah. rate was terrible. Second time I did it, frame rate was better. Third time, it was like really great. And each time I completely quit out of the game. And so it's like, I know it has to be something weird going on. And I can only think it's this DRM because I've seen how it affected the performance of Sonic Forces. And they included it in Sonic Mania. And eventually after they released Sonic Mania Plus a year or two later, because it was just this year, they removed the, Duno the Denuvo DRM from it. So I can only think that that's the reason. I've that the heard that it messed up. All over. Yeah. I've heard that, that DRM in general tends to mess with performance, which stinks. There's some really bad DRM that not only messes with your performance, it can cripple your uh, CD or DVD drives. Because, right, oh, CDRs, people playing burned copies and stuff. So back in the day, there were ones that would mess up the firmware on purpose on your optical drives. And so, like, steer clear of DRM if you can, guys. That's what I say to everyone. And you guys, you played this online multiplayer, right? Uh, I've not played it online. I did not. Yeah, I did not either. Honestly, I've heard on the PC version, there's, like, hardly anyone playing it online right no. now. Before we recorded tonight, I went on to check. I started my own lobby, and I waited, and I waited, <laughs> and no one joined. And the sad thing is... That's only slightly worse than it was on launch day. On launch day, I got to play online once. And I've seen this reflected on the live streams by the Sonic social media team. Like, they played on Xbox, fills up real quick. On Switch, oh, Switch fills up the fastest. PS4 <laughs> fills up faster than Xbox. But PC, it was like hardly anyone. And so, like, when the guys themselves that are promoting the game are saying, all right, everybody watching the stream, you hundreds of people, let's go play on Steam, and you can't even get a full 12 count, that's kind of sad. <laughs> so that's why I really wish they would have allowed cross-platform online multiplayer, but it's just not there. Yeah. And to go so, back, so uh, Nick, did you see anything in the case? Yeah, I, I, I knew there wasn't a poster, but the only thing I got in the case was a little slip ad for Sonic Mania Plus, and on the back side of it, there's a little ad for the Team Sonic Racing uh, remote control cars, which is kind of cool. But inside of the, uh, like on the flip side of the cover art, 
uh, it does show you, and I mentioned this on the little video I did with my son, it shows you all of the power-ups you get uh, from the Wisps and uh, some of your teammate power-ups as well. So there's like a little bit of a manual here, not much, but I didn't get any kind of a poster or anything. And I, I ordered this. Did uh, you pre-order it? No, I, I got it on Amazon. So I, Yeah, I think that what I heard on the live stream was there was like a little tiny mini two-sided poster if you yeah. pre-ordered from certain retailers, but that might not be accurate. So uh, if anyone wants to make sure online, that's a project for the listeners, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and to kind of go over the, for the listeners a little bit, um, the Wisp are kind of like your your little question mark boxes on Mario Kart to give you uh, power-ups as you get through the race. And you got you have spikes, you got a rocket, you got a boost, you have a quake, a burst, a bomb, a ghost, lightning, an eagle that uh, chases opponents down before attacking, uh, the drill like you all mentioned, the laser zaps opponents, the void absorbs rings, uh, the cube is kind of like little pixelated uh, obstacles you can throw out there, and a rhythm kind of blinds your opponents. Uh, think about the oil in Mario Kart. So those are your main wisps you get whenever you go through the little boxes in, in each of the uh, each of the racetracks. Or on um, the uh, Sonic Forces Speed Battle, instead of Rhythm, for Vector, one of his power-ups is because he chews bubblegum and blows bubbles, right? That's kind of his personality and thing. <laughs> so in the game, if you walk over the chewing gum on the track, it'll cover the screen in pink bubblegum bubbles, and you got to tap those things to pop them so you can get to your power-ups. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. But, uh, Aaron, what did you think about the music in this game? Because it was like a three-CD soundtrack. They brought in all of these musicians from T-Lopes that did Sonic Mania and June Sonoe and Crush 40 and even some new artists like from Sonic Forces. I thought this was a really good soundtrack with a lot of variety. Yeah, I would agree. I thought, uh, you know, there's a nice variety of musicians. Um, people worked on Sonic games over the years. Honestly, it's probably my favorite part of the game <laughs> was, oh, was cool. the music. Uh, the, the game plays a, a close second. Uh, but yeah, music was really solid in this one. I, I appreciated all the hard work that went into it. My favorites were the Sonic CD and Sonic R remixes. Those were really Everybody's choice. Super Sonic Racing, that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah there was that this Richard one Jocks. where it's like... Uh, uh, Three, two, one, we're going to have fun. And it was like that track, but minus the words, just the numbers. And I recognized the music and the rhythm and the beat. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this track is suddenly so much better. It was <laughs> so good. But, um, yeah, they, they sold that on Amazon. And uh, it was cool because CD1, Sonic Blue, CD2, Tails Orange, CD3, Knuckles Red, um, and you can listen it like streaming on Spotify and stuff. So like you can buy it or you can stream it, you know, either way or on CD. So that's cool. Just like they recently put Sonic CD on vinyl, which is kind of funny if you think about it, right? They're like, all right, in 93, 92, <laughs> Sonic CD, we got CD audio. It's going to sound so awesome. This is the future. And then in the future, we put it on the past medium. It's kind of, it's kind of funny, but quality, <laughs> right? I, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> we got Shinobi on vinyl, so why not? But hey, I it didn't, works. I, I mean, Nick, what did you think? They got these power-ups with the Wisps, and that's cool. You know, there's a lot of variety. The Ghost one, that's actually exclusive to this game. The Wisp, the Ghost Wisp never existed in the Sonic series before. All right, that's cool. But on the same, and I think the, the Flame one was unique to this game too. But on the other hand, I missed those power-ups from the first two games. 
Yeah, I mean, and I read a few reviews about this game, and and there's a few reviewers kind of mentioned that the power-ups are a little bit generic. Like, they they felt like that was the one part of the game that was a little lacking. But um, I don't know. I thought that they are serviceable. I I did like the flames. I thought that was kind of cool to leave a a little bit of dust in your background to let people run over. But uh, I don't know. They did feel a little generic. Um, I I, I do like that uh, you you have your typical boost and your your typical... uh, uh, attacks, but what I did love, and, and to kind of go into like a different mode, uh, we mentioned earlier about some of the kind of side modes where you collect the rings to speed up. But there was a mode uh, I don't believe you saw it in Adventure till you got to like stage four where the casino was. Uh, you actually had to attack uh, racers in front of you to like build up your points and build up the time to get through, and like you just constantly get rockets and rockets. And that, I thought that was a really cool mode that was very unique to this game. Um, that you didn't see in any kind of other racing games or even Crazy Taxi for that for that matter when I go back to uh, my, my correlation with this game of Crazy Taxi. But it was really cool that you would just, you would find weapons and just shoot the guys in front of you and you got extra time just for knocking people out that were in front of you. Yeah, the game was kind of a weird mixed bag where it's like up until the game was released, the Sonic Social Media team and Sumo Digital were like, no, 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 guys, guys. This is totally not a sequel to All-Stars Racing and All-Stars Racing Transform. It's a brand new game, brand new idea. We got these team mechanics. But then when you play the game, it's like, guys, you're in denial. This (laughs) game is totally a third in a series. You've got recycled tracks from the earlier games. A lot of the Wisp power-ups are just the earlier power-ups, but reskinned. So much, like the racers, a lot of them are the same. And so you, you got the game, and it's like, okay, well, this is cool, but like I said, it's it's mixed because they're trying to make a new game while keeping the foundations of the old game. So in the in this game and the older ones, you could drift. The longer you drift, the more you build up the lights or the flames on the back of your car, which indicates how much of a boost you've gotten. And as long as you don't get attacked or go off the edge of the track or touch the bumpers on the sides of the track or whatever as soon as you release the brake which is what you do to drift is you're accelerating while you're braking you release that you get the boost but in this game the team mechanics are so large and in charge they completely overshadow boosting to where in a lot of modes it's completely useless or even counterproductive to boost because you're going to go faster sooner if you go and use the team mechanics and if you're boosting and there's just so much going on with the bombs and the rockets and stuff. I found that like if you're playing time trials or you're racing your ghost, not to be confused with Ghost Wisp, but your time trial ghost, if you're playing single player, then the boosting is great and it helps and it works like in the first games. But in this one, if you're playing like AI and oh my gosh, the AI is so awful in this game because if they're the enemies, oh, they are good. They are way too good. But if they're on your team, it's like you're playing with the stupidest bots in the world. And it's like, guys, if you can make the bad bots good, you can make the good bots good. Like, there would literally races where I would be in first place and my teammates would be ninth and twelfth. Not because I wasn't passing items, not because we weren't boosting with the ultimate. Uh, but no, they were just so stupid. Did, did you guys notice that? Yeah, I noticed that Like, if I tried to pass an item to a teammate, it really didn't seem to do all that much difference half the time. <laughs> and the game is not about who, like, it's not like, oh, there's three guys on the team 
who got in the highest place, whatever he got counts. No, it's an average where like last place is one point, second to last is two, all the way up to first place, which is like 15. And so if you're like, oh, I'm doing so great, I'm going to win this race. And then <laughs> you get to the end and it's like, oh, my anchors, my anchors around my neck dragged me to the bottom of the ocean and we got in third or fourth place as a team. It, it really impedes your ability to unlock achievements or trophies or on the switch imaginary achievements yeah, exactly. because <laughs> I, I swear it's it's like i don't know it it's it's totally random whether your teammates are going to end up in those first places and for some of those stars stars being along with keys how you unlock additional content in this game and some of them require you and your co-players to be in first, second, and third place in order to get the stars. And with the AI, that often is not going to be possible. Thankfully, though, you can play all the multiplayer modes with humans, you can play online with humans, and you can even play through the story campaign with humans, up to four players. So that's pretty nice, although obviously another holdover from the earlier games, because you could have four players with that, but in this, it's like all about teams of three, so you got four players, it's like, oh, go play with the bots. <laughs> so it's kind of like wait wait what but okay to be fair you can remap the teams so you can have two humans and a bot and another two humans and a bot to balance it out a little bit um but uh, i sometimes if you want to play like the old games you can go into the non-story mode and there you can play where it's every man for himself in a race of 12. So yeah, yeah. sometimes that's a nice break, to be honest. Yep. And, and to, to be honest, when I first popped the game in, I, I didn't grasp the, uh, the the team mechanic until I started the adventure mode. Because I'm pretty sure I just did what you mentioned, go into the single race and just kind of every man for himself kind of thing. And then once I, because I, cause I, I, I didn't pick, even if you watch that video, my son and I, we picked just a single race. And I had no clue what the team thing was all about. I just assumed it was going to be like a, like a team battle where you had... Uh, you know, a few guys against these guys or something. I had no clue the mechanics were even there. So uh, it was it was an interesting take to it. I don't know. Yeah, I think I watched that video and I was like, oh, Nick. Nick, <laughs> Nick, what are you doing? Your, your terms are wrong. You're racing. No, no, don't do that. Oh, you know, it, I, I, it's got to be one of his first races. He's yep. got his kids there. I'll, cu I'll cut him some slack. Yeah, cut me some it's slack. It's okay. It was the first time I, I, I even picked anything. <laughs> I wanted it to be my reaction video or whatever. So. <laughs> Cool, cool. So, cool. Um, speaking of which, though, you, you, uh, did either of you guys finish the story and or a hundred percent the campaign mode? I did not. I no. got about third half. No, about third of the way through. I'm, I'm on, I'm on the casino level right now, so I'm not, I'm not, not much further than that. All right. Well, I did play through the story because I'm a Sonic head, <laughs> and. Um, I, I also played in the other modes. Like you were saying, Nick, the menus are pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, pretty straightforward. Um, and so, you know, you do your mod pods, you unlock your bits. It's kind of addictive going in there. And like the achievement says, sorry, Nick, like the achievement says, uh, every, like every time's a winner, something like that, where like eventually you get the achievement by unlocking all of the mod pods. Um, and it's it's really a good way to motivate you to keep playing because yeah, like I said, okay, the color palette's kind of a cheap unlock, but it's 
gratifying to get unlocks. That's why even in this modern era of people paying for in-game content, they still have unlockable stuff because people love unlocking stuff. And that was one of my favorite things. It's like, even if my team had some stupid as a box of rocks bots racing with me <laughs> and we ended up getting a low ranking or whatever, or I'm trying to unlock things like um, there's <laughs> going back to what I said about this being the third game. When you're playing normally, it feels like a new game. But when you're going down the branching paths in campaign mode, it's like, hey, right, race as close as you can to these pylons. If you're on the right side or the, sorry, the red side, that counts for more points. And the closer you are to the pole, the more points you get. And if you go and you hit the pole, you lose all the points. And uh, if you're drifting, that gives you extra time and stuff. And it's weird because in the other modes, there's no announcer. But in that mode, the announcer from the first game is back. It's like, wait, you guys took away the awesome announcer in the <laughs> second game. You bring him back in the third game, but it's only when you're doing these like extra things where you're trying to get all the final stars. It's, it's kind of weird. And the same thing like you were saying, Nick, uh, when you're doing the races and you're hunting down the Eggman robots which are actually some of the best ones because you're shooting uh, all sorts of things. Yeah. I can't remember if that was in the last one or not, but it's a great mode. But there's another mode where it's the traffic bots. Did you play the traffic bots one? I can't remember. Uh, was that on uh, Was that on a certain stage? Because like I said, I only made it to stage four. And that was the first well, time. Um, not to be blasphemous here, <laughs> but the map in the story mode is like Super Mario Brothers 3. And when you go through the stages, um, it often branches. And so if you go, like, let's say, right or down, it progresses the story the same. But sometimes there's branches that are off to the side that don't advance the story at all. And when you pick those, uh, this is where you find these unique modes. And one of them is the traffic bots. And it's like, you're supposed to avoid hitting the bots. Some of them move in straight lines along with the curves of the track. Some of them drift back and forth in a fixed pattern and others are like aggressively trying to get your car and they're like green, yellow and red or blue, yellow and red. And that's a pretty fun one too. And in that one, the announcer's back. And it's like, what is with this hit and miss <laughs> announcer thing? It's just odd. And, and it's like, well, how about, okay. It's weird because you're on another planet and you've got Dodonpa and you've got Sonic and his friends and enemies. Where is this announcer guy? This disembodied announcer, is he is he one of the chows that are cheering for everybody in the stands? It's like, all right, guy, we got one guy out on the track. It's your turn to shine. Chow, chow. I mean, uh, go and dodge that post, Sonic. Oh, what a spin out. What? That makes sense. I don't know. But, but Nick, I'm blathered enough. Let's take a break. And why don't you tell us what the story is, if you don't mind? Oh, my. Do, do I need to do that? Because I think I skipped most of it. <laughs> That was one of the beauties of it. I, I, I tended to, uh, I read a little bit of it. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really want to read all this or not. So I started skipping it. And I really don't have a wrap-up of the story. If you look at uh, Moby Games, there really wasn't much of a uh, story like some of the retro games do as we cover when we go to MobyGames.com. Um, so I bet you could probably tell me the story better or if Aaron wants to step in at all. Yeah, Aaron, why don't you take a first crack at it and I'll just fill in any holes. <laughs> well... Uh, uh, there wasn't <laughs> well that much of a story. I just remember oh them, a lot of you know, talking. the well, Team Sonic uh, gets introduced to 
I forgot what this character's name was, but he was he seemed to be hiding something, right? And so the guy with know, like the crown and he kinda had like an Eggman Eggmobile. Yes, and everyone's kinda like, hmm, I wonder who this really is. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. He's a, a Tanuki, a raccoon dog by the name of Tadompa. Yes. And so as the story progresses, I assume you get to understand his true nature. But I didn't get that far. <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you, as someone who played through the story, I'll try not to spoil like the second half of things. But basically, Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles go to the beach. And it's like, wait a minute, I am getting Sonic Heroes flashbacks here. <laughs> this is like totally an echo of the beginning of that because they get a letter of challenge. You know, that traditional Japanese story mechanic you got there. So they show up at the beach. And just by coincidence, Amy Rose, Big the Cat, and a herd of Chow are all having a picnic at the beach. And they didn't get a letter, but they decide, well, this is interesting. Sonic and friends have been challenged to a race. And so then this Tanuki shows up, and he's got like a big Eggman-like mustache. And, you know, he's got the typical raccoon dog look to him, but he's wearing this crown with gold and red and everything and he's like oh my yes i'm here to issue you a challenge and sonic's all like Psh, okay and everyone's like wait 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 a minute sonic's like no no we we racing i need i got the need for speed my friends so it's like uh okay well let's keep an eye on things and uh then he's like excellent i'm not suspicious at all so let's get in my spaceship and go to planet wisp it's like wait wait a minute Alien dude just showed up, or presumably he's got the ability to travel through space somehow. And you're going back to Planet Wisp from Sonic, uh, not Lost World, what's it? Colors. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> this is just Izuka getting them aliens back in here again. <laughs> I know some stayed back on Mobius or Earth, whatever you want to call it. And so they're in Sonic Forces too. But now it's like we're going to their planet and it's like, wait, there were so many good zones from so many games. But now we got all these Wisp themes ones and ones from earlier um, modern Sonic games, like the racing ones and stuff. It's like, all right, fine. But I don't want to talk too much about the story because it's kind of like every chapter, they kind of postpone things. And so it's like, come on, guys. Just just spill your hands, show your cards. We know that this is going somewhere, but it's like the whole time Sonic's like, oh, I'm so addicted to racing and speed. I'm totally going to ignore things. And then the other character's like, shouldn't we be investigating this, Sonic? And Sonic's like, Psh, it, do we got any leads? And they're like, well, no. And he's like, has Eggman sprung a trap? And they're like, no. And he's like, well, I'm just going to keep racing because until something happens, bye. <laughs> So then, like, it goes along and, you know, tells his little smart. And then we got Knuckles, who it's just, like, so weird in these Sonic games because it can be where, like, Knuckles is smart, like, really smart. Like, he's uh, an archaeologist. He knows all these ancient languages and can decipher hieroglyphs and stuff to this game where he's saying things like, grass tastes funny. And it's like, oh, oh. Why you keep making them go back and forth between regular and stupid? And ever since Sonic Boom, they really like to have the stupid Knuckles jokes. Like, walls hurt, Knuckles, he says to himself. 
but Amy, you know, she's acting all understanding and saying to him, like, oh, guys, you know, don't be too reckless. Be careful racing out there. One of one of the favorite lines I have of Amy is when you're racing as her and you accidentally hit a wall or something. She's like, oh, my gosh, I did that and everybody saw me. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Or if she gets a text, she's like, you messed up my hair. And so, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a little funny, I think. Yeah. And then um, Sonic has his PSA of don't text and drive. That was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like Blaze and Silver shows up and it's like, what are you doing here, Silver? And Dodonpa's like, surprise, I brought them too. I wanted the best racers. And it's like, wait, even through time? And then Silver's like, well, I heard some bad stuff might have happened in the past. I always got to ensure there's a good future. And Blaze is like, I'm with him. He's my friend. So I showed up. Vector's like, oh, I'm investigating things. And then Shadow and Rouge and Omega are like, yeah, we're working for, I don't know, the uh, Federation or the uh, the Station Square or whatever it was in Shadow of the Hedgehog. We're investigating things, too. And then it's not too long. Uh, I know. I know. But Dr. Eggman shows up. Sorry. I know. But he's in the roster, guys. He shows up early in the story, so it's not big spoilers. <laughs> so everybody's like, okay, what's going on? What's with this mysterious Tanuki named Adonpa? What's up with Eggman? Are they working with each other or not? And uh, then we get an interesting thing in one of the cutscenes. Turns out Big the Cat doesn't just have this white muzzle. He actually has a mustache. Uh, he, he actually says uh, something like, if they're bad because they have a mustache, am I bad because I've got one too? I'm like, wait a minute, I never even thought of him having a mustache, but I, I guess so. So that was that was kind of interesting. the The game is weird in that it has really really good writing, and it has lots and lots of game lines that were recorded just for this game instead of reusing them from earlier Sonic games. But at the same time. It doesn't have much of a story. Like, the, there's story there, there's some plot twists and interesting things, but it's more like kind of just spinning the wheels so the story gets drawn out over all this, but with really good writing along the way. So it's a weird mix of, like, barely any story, but with great writing. <laughs> like, um, did you get to the part where Blaze the Cat was talking about being a princess? If I did, I skipped it. <laughs> oh, right, right, duh. Okay. <laughs> Well, the thing to keep in mind is that these writers aren't the typical writers. They're the writers from Sumo Digital. They're from Britain. And usually the writers are either from Japan or they're Japanese working in America or they're Americans that are localizing the story. And so they take their own thing on this. And with the previous two games, Sumo didn't really write much of a story. It was just a campaign where you're unlocking things, but with this they did. And so a lot of the Britishisms show through like some of the phrases and terms they use are kind of British um, but said with American accents which they also like replaced five of the voice actors in this game with new voices Blaze is different Knuckles is different and so it kind of took me back but uh, you know you get used to it um, but then like Blaze is like uh, one of the characters says something to her and she's like look I'm a princess. As a princess, I have to spend all day trying to figure out who's lying to me and who's telling me the truth. And I can tell that you're lying to me. So confess and tell me what's really going on. And I was like, whoa, 
<laughs> that is some serious character depth there, right? Like, usually in a Sonic game, you do not get that sort of depth in any character's writing. So it really surprised me with that and really seems reflective of, like, right, you got these American things and it's like, oh, princesses, they're oh pretty. And maybe they got this one story, but everything else is perfect and their lives are great. And they wear these dresses and that's all they do. And then you got this British take where it's like, everyone lies to me and I know you're lying. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Um, and and like I said, uh, earlier games, they, they reused a lot of the voice lines, but every bit of story was recorded for this game. So I was impressed by how much they spent on voice acting. That is cool. Yeah, I, I, I honestly didn't put that much uh, <laughs> thought into the story. So it's good that uh, you were on the show so you could do that justice because uh, I don't know if Aaron did, but I didn't dive into the story hardly at all. Did you did you listen to it much, Aaron? Other than what you uh, just what I played, like yeah. I I would actually, you know, let the voice actors speak and everything. But I I didn't get that far. I thought the the writing was okay, but I've seen other people say they didn't like it so much. So, well, I think by very... Sonic writing, it's pretty good. Like <laughs> if you compare it to like War and Peace, perhaps it's not there. Um... Hey, and I've read War and Peace, so I could actually speak on that. <laughs> Fair enough, and no, fair enough. no, it's not. It's not War and Peace. <laughs> not not quite War and Peace. <laughs> there's no Tristy's son. Uh, the horrors of war. So cool. That's okay. But, um, Save that for another Sonic game. Hey, I, in I, this I, game, there's three classes: speed, technique, and power. What did you guys think of that? That's cool. I I, I tend to go with speed. That's kind of my <laughs> kind of my forte when I play games. I like to try to go as fast as I can. Kind of like when I play RPGs. I'm always a warrior. Or barbarian. I just want to kill a lot of stuff and be strong as I can. So I'm always like kind of that overpowered guy whenever I play games. And I will. I, I don't know. I like power. I like top speed overall, and not just fast acceleration. Uh, so I like. Well, I like the ability in this game of picking the power guys and being able to plow through obstacles on the stages. So I, I like that. Cool. I usually went with technique. And the reason why is that uh, when you're going at speed, if you end up like things that wouldn't even be a problem for a normal car are problems for the speed racers because their cars are like, oh, my gosh, slightly shallow water. My car cannot handle. I'm going super slow. Or, oh my gosh, I've been racing on ice, but now it's snow and my car can't handle it. Or, oh no, I'm on the grass, now I'm going super slow. It's like, what is with this? You're supposed to be racing the uh, most advanced cars in, like, the galaxy or something, and grass slows you down, like, where you're going, like, five miles an hour? And the power was confusing because it's like, if you're playing as Knuckles or one of the other strong guy characters... Um, you can like break through walls and you can break down like certain pillars and obstacles that are built into the stage and things that will like cause the other characters to crash or slow down. They'll just go right through. But it's confusing because one of the power ups, one of the wisps is Gray Quake. And if you use Gray Quake, it causes all of these pillars to pop out of the ground. And if your power racers race into them, it's just smack and they lose all their speed. And it's like, wait, you just punched through a wall. You just broke through a metal crate, but you can't break through this flimsy stone pillar. I, I just don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. um, but the technique guys, 
that's who I would like to normally play as, like Tails, because they can go over the snow, they can go over the water, they can go over the radioactive green slime or the purple water or whatever, and not only do they not get slowed down, if you stay over that stuff long enough, they'll actually collect extra rings and uh, other goodness from going across it. So that's cool, but unfortunately they're nerfed, so even though like they're the best class, like if you want to play as silver or or um, the Chow or Tails because they're technique, that's definitely like for first time players or kids or something because they don't have to worry about those obstacles. But on the same hand, they're nerfed so they can never like I raced at my utmost and you still can't get in first. You really got to just like take off the training wheels and play as a speed character if you want to get first. And that's part of my problem with the mod pods. Did you notice that, Nick, how like you've got five or six different attributes with the mod pods, but the only ones that really matter are the acceleration and the speed because like boost, that's how long your boost lasts. Defense, (laughs) that's how fast you recover. Uh, One of them is like handling. But really, if you want to win, you just max out the speed and acceleration. And usually it's just Pixonic or Shadow max out your speed and acceleration and you're going to be in the top three in like every race yeah unless you get attacked the last second and and i'm not sure i i I purposely use that strategy but that's what i did i had sonic and anything that made my acceleration and and my speed faster is what i picked so and i I, and i do that with other racing game as well just to make sure i'm I'm faster than everybody else and i I figure handling is more of a skill really i i know the attributes will will help you to handle it better but i figure that's more of a that's more of my skill in playing the game not just uh what my cart can do so but um, hey guys, as far as time goes, let's uh let, let's jump into some of these other segments. But I, I do want to ask a question real quick. Uh, this is real important. Where do Volkswagens go when they get old? Where's that, Nick? The old Volks home. <laughs> oh, oh, that one burns. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's. Uh, I'm not sure what we're calling this. It's definitely not a retrofitted achievement. I believe Sean, you called it a neo. What'd you call it? A neo fitted achievement? Yeah, yeah, neo fitted achievements because you're putting new ones on yeah, new ones. New ones on new ones. <laughs> so we'll do that now. Let's get right into that. The Genesis Gems Neo Fitted Achievements. And uh, I have only got two. I don't know about you guys. I came up with two uh, earlier today. I wrote down quite a few. Uh, why don't we just alternate? You go first. Okay. So uh, my first one is called Antisocial, and that's playing Team Sonic Racing for over 10 hours and never trying to play online. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Aaron, you <laughs> got I've any? Got a, yeah, I've got, got one for you, Nick. Even more antisocial, and that's avoiding the team racing mode and just oh. playing singles. Oh. Where it's oh, you that's... against everyone else. So um, I got one. It's called... Hey man, I'm flipping out. And it's uh, during a single jump, flip your car four times by performing a trick in each direction, which also gives you boost. Cool. So my uh, next and last one was just called Going Goth, and that's making your vehicle all black. Got it, got it. (laughs) Uh, My next one is Gotta Slow Fast, and that's where you build a start line boost but you lose it on the final count of three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I achieved that many times. 
<laughs> There's actually a lot of funny billboards in this game, and one of them says, Amy Rose's fertilizer gotta grow fast. <laughs> so, I thought that was pretty quality. Um, here's another achievement. I thought this was pretty funny. The ultimate wife form. As Shadow the Hedgehog, race in a car that has been customized with pink, yellow, and or white colors. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, why am I even here? Races Zavok, a character that nobody likes who literally <laughs> wants to kill all of the bad guys and good guys alike. <laughs> he needs to go home and rethink his life. I like it. <laughs> Did you notice the billboard that was a Sonic Air Freshener? No, but I actually have a Sonic Air Freshener. Uh, yeah, yeah, like it was mixed in with the the Telgator billboard, and the Sonic Air Freshener is actually a reference to a Sega uh, arcade racing game from 1991 called Rad Mobile, and that was Sonic's oh. first appearance as an air freshener in that game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, 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 what's I this one you've got? I have one. It's a. Uh... It's a blueberry scent. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that on the videos they make for the Twitter or yeah. the Twitch. Yeah, I, I I think it came in one of the junk boxes we've done, and I, I haven't taken it out of the package yet. I thought about dangling it from my car, but I didn't want to get like any uh, <laughs> get it faded from the sun or anything. So I did, left that in the uh, did you get the Sonic the Hedgehog toaster that burns Sonic emblems no, into toast? But that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And then this year they just they just started selling Sonic pizza cutters, oh. where it looks like he's spin attacking as you roll it. <laughs> so yeah, that's, pretty, that's cool. pretty good. That uh, cool. So next achievement. Um, how could this happen? I can't believe this. Witness Eggman betray someone who trusts him. Um... Next one, it wasn't me, it was the DRM. Oh. When playing Team Sonic Racing on PC, experience extreme slowdown and drops in frame rate caused by Denuvo. Uh, I am so glad that you guys, even on Switch, have better performance than this, because, I mean, That's it, it's, it's wild. I mean, maybe I need a newer graphics card, but it's more than the minimum, so I don't know what's up with that. Okay, King of the World, play at least halfway through Chapter 6, in team adventure mode that's uh that's a sly little reference for those that play through the story <laughs> um all right i am the Eggman. i've got the master plan complete team adventure mode and uh let's see if you guys get what i'm referencing here turbo tastic successfully performed 10 drift boosts in a single race got a little sonic cameo exactly sonic cameo and wreck it ralph Turbotastic. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you got it. All right, next I'm, one. I'm, I'm still back at the You're Beatles not going song. Turbo, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there, you know, that Danica Patrick was game hopping. <laughs> That's um, true. All right, all right. Here, here, I, I think you might like this one. Genesis Gems. <laughs> As Rouge the Bat racing in a black and gray and red painted car, Sega Genesis colors, steal items from the other racers. Which uh, which you can do with the ghost power-up. The nice. ghost wisps will take their power-ups. Um, nice. And then just uh, these last few. The best racing cars in the entire universe. Play as a speed type or power type character and have your car slowed to a crawl by racing on the grass. <laughs> and yeah, that, then... That stinks. <laughs> 
but I thought you were strong as a power type character. <laughs> That's right, right. Attempt to break something such as the quake pillars, just have your character stunned or slowed. <laughs> With friends like these, who needs enemies? Follow a friend's slipstream or boost trail straight into a hazard or off the track. That's uh, that's happened to me. <laughs> uh, that's also happened to the people following me when I'm technique type and they go into the slime. Um, and finally, with an ally like me, who needs Team Ultimate? While under the influence of a Team Ultimate, fly off the track and lose all your speed and power. Whoops. <laughs> you guys got any last ones? I don't, but I do have another question. What's that? What kind of car does a Jedi drive? A, a lightsaber mobile? <laughs> a toy Yoda? <laughs> ah, that joke was a little short. Yeah, well, <laughs> sure it was. <laughs> All right, let's ask the big question here. Is Team Sonic Racing a gym? Is this game a gym? Is it good or is it garbage? Uh, so as far as critical reception goes, uh, the, the movie rank overall rating for this, they only had it on the PlayStation 4. It got a critic score of 73 out of 100. Uh, there was one notable review. Um, I read it from IGN. I know that's sometimes people hate. There's a love and hate thing with IGN. But uh, they gave it an 85 out of 100, or eight, I guess it would be an 8.5 out of 10 on their scale. But uh, they said, Team Sonic Racing nails what matters most, speed and finesse on the racetrack. The new team system is a fantastic evolution of the arcade racing formula that gives you a real reason to work together, and there's customization options that keep you coming back to these excellent tracks to earn more. Even though the small roster and annoying adventure mode story could be better, Team Sonic Racing is an addictive and inventive evolution that proves Sumo Digital is at the top of its game. So, for me, I believe this game is definitely a gem. It's, in my opinion, it's not better than Mario Kart 8, but it brings a new aspect that makes me want to play it uh, a little bit more than Mario Kart 8 right now because I've just pl pl plugged so many hours into Mario Kart. Um, I'm definitely going to keep playing this. It's it's the adventure modes got me intrigued by some of these uh, side side missions that I can't quite platinum yet that I keep wanting to go back to and play. Uh, it's more fun co-op, especially couch co-op with my with my kids. Uh, Mario Kart 8 had some fun fun aspects with uh, couch co-op a Grand Prix, but the fact that we're working together, they're on the same team, and and it, it's kind of neat that there's myself and my and my two kids, and and it's a team of three, it makes it kind of almost perfect for for my little family. So we've Nick, had. Uh, how do the switch controllers work? Do you use like one guy gets left and one guy gets right, or do you use both, or how does it work for multiplayer? Yeah. Yeah, so, so for my household, my, my uh, oldest son and I both have pro controllers because <laughs> each kid has their own Switch. It was a Christmas present. And I just bought that uh, Switch controller that's the 8-bit do, or, or however we pronounced it earlier. Um, I got that as well. And then um, we also can pull the Joy-Cons off and put them onto a, uh, to one of those docks where you can have a third controller that way. So we, we got a few options. The, the pro controller is definitely the way to play uh, with the Switch version. And uh, I usually let both my kids have the pro controllers, and I'll use a different one just to kind of let them have the better one, uh, give them you know as much of an advantage as they can. But that's that's how we play it at my household. Um, we we I, I I don't like pulling the Joy Cons off and turning them sideways and playing that way. It's not really my preferred way of playing. Uh, though we, though it's, you, the, it's the gangster way, like holding your gun sideways. Is that right? 
<laughs> but uh, the only only time we ever do that is when you have to, like in Mario Party or or that really bad game. I hate playing one two switch that for some reason my kids love. It's like pulling teeth playing the game. It's daddy torture time. It, exactly, exactly. It's like come play Fortnite with us. I'm like, no, I don't want to. But <laughs> but uh, I definitely think this game's a gem. It's it's uh, I I liked it a little bit better than than what I remember of Crash Team Racing. Now I haven't played the reboot of Crash Team Racing, so I can't make that judgment. But uh, this this game definitely uh, is definitely a gem. I, I would I would think the uh, 8.5 or a 9 out of 10 would be a very, very good score for this game. So uh, what do you guys think? Think it's a gem? What do you think, Aaron? Uh, for me, it's just good. Oh. If we're grading on a curve, okay, like a Sonic game curve, I would say it's a gem. Because of the general quality of Sonic games in the past 10 years? For the past 20 years or so? That sounds like a backhanded compliment right there. It is. It very (laughs) much is. Sonic Mania is probably the pinnacle. And then you've got stuff like the last couple of Sonic racing games. And then this one falls somewhere around there, maybe a little lower. Um, I feel like it was one step forward, two steps back for me. um, Where... You know, I, I I really liked everything that they did in the last Sonic Racing game, but I felt like they removed some of the stuff I really liked. Uh, and I don't know. I was kind of split on whether I, I should call it a gem or not, but for me, it's kind of just good. I think it's good enough. Um, I think it's a really solid cart uh, racing game or racing game in general that has cart-like aspects. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I thought it could have been a little more fully featured. But if you're just getting this for 30 bucks, uh, you're going to get a great deal. Um, there's a lot of fun gameplay modes. It's a solid game. Um, but I think there were some aspects I just wish were a little more fleshed out, I guess. But overall, it's pretty solid. Now, Aaron, did you also play this uh, in multiplayer with your kids or anyone else, or just yes. single player? I played it multiplayer with my kids. Would you say it's a lot better in multiplayer than single player? Um, you know, it's it's more fun doing the team aspect with my kids because um, they're living, breathing human beings, whereas the <laughs> AI can make poor decisions based on the programming. <laughs> Um, your kids can kind of adapt as they play the game more and figure out the controls better. The AI is going to be the same <laughs> no matter what. So um, it is more fun, I think, in general to play a game like this with other people. What about you, Nick? Were you finding multiplayer more fun? Yeah, um, it, it's always fun to bring my kids in, I think, and especially where we all kind of contributed it separately. And you know, when we play Grand Prix and Mario Kart, they get upset when they're not, you know, first place. And, and <laughs> it makes me want to kind of pull back a little bit and, and not get first place. But the fact that we can work together and get first place on the Grand Prix is pretty sweet. So uh, I, I definitely enjoyed the, the couch co-op of this a lot better than the single player. Yeah, as for myself, uh, as mentioned before, I played this on PC and I was using an adapter I originally bought to play Dance Dance Revolution on PC. And so I use my PS2 controller to play uh, games when they're better suited to a controller than keyboard and mouse. Uh, This game controls well with keyboard and mouse, but it's going to be a lot easier to pick up if you use the controller. And with the PS2 controller I was using, it controlled pretty well with the auto mapping from Steam. So that was pretty good. Um, 
I enjoyed playing this game, and I've got a natural Sonic and Sega bias. <laughs> if you throw in uh, a Sonic bias, I think that makes this like an 8 out of 10, or if you will, a 4 out of 5. Um, if you don't have a Sonic bias, I'd say it's more like a 7. Um, so if you want to average it, maybe like a 7.5. Or to put it on the Genesis Gem scale, I'd say it's very good, but not quite a gem. Oh, maybe man. like a goodum, like good, half good, a half gem, right? It's goodum. Um, <laughs> G-mood. I don't know. Um, but I, I really liked this game. I thought it was good. Um, I think that pricing it at $40 was the right call on yeah. Sega's behalf. Agreed. Absolutely. Well, I guess I got overruled, guys. We're going to have to lay the gavel down and call this just good. I, I, I think it's a gem just because I've had so much fun with it. It was more of a surprise to me. I, I knew it would be fun, but I didn't think it'd be this fun. So that's. Kinda... I think when, when it's at its highest highs, it is like that level of gemness. You're like in the zone and it's a gem. But then when the low budget's showing or somebody attacks you right before the finish line <laughs> and you go down to fifth when you were in first, I think then it kind of just goes down a step. Gotcha. But it's close to gem. It's a... It says cubic zirconia. I think we've used that joke before, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than gem bitch. Gem bitch. Good bitch. I think we used that once before. <laughs> we need more uh, tears, I guess. But <laughs> that was very cool. A very good show there. We uh, definitely, I think we did that game justice. Sean, you definitely took it to another level, knowing the storyline where I lacked. <laughs> where we lacked. Did you so. say the next level? The next level. Oh, welcome to the next level, Aaron. <laughs> Yes, sir. Cool guy. Uh, I would like to recommend people check out the Sonic social media accounts, especially their Twitter. And if you look on there or you look on YouTube, you can see these really great promotional videos they made for this game. A two-part animated series with Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, uh, Rouge the Bat, Big the Cat. And they've got some really funny stuff. And it was animated by Tyson Hess, who animated the intro to Sonic Mania Adventures and the promotional videos yeah. for that. Yeah. So that's really good stuff. Uh, I think it's called Team Sonic Racing Overdrive. And then on launch day, they actually had a video called Supermarket Showdown, where they filmed all these actors in a real-life supermarket overnight. And they represent the various characters and the power-ups and stuff. And it's pretty funny in like that 90s supermarket game show dash kind of way. So check out those videos. Cool. And we'll put some of those links in the show notes as well as I'm taping, taping those notes. So cool. Very cool. Well, Sean, uh, do you want to wrap up anything the, where uh, folks out there can find you? I know we talked a little bit ago about your website, nz17.com, uh, your work on the... Uh, uh, retro gaming times all that stuff is there anything else you want to add in there or just recap some of that uh basically nz17 productions is my home on the World Wide web that's at nz17.com and you can find links to most other things i've done there including my dreamcast vmu uh program for reading the icons and uh you can even read things like the name of the icon within the file and uh, I've been working on updating that, and uh, who knows, maybe eventually I'll get that Dreamcast game out, and we can have a nice adventurer on PC and Dreamcast. Cool. That's exciting. <laughs> That'll be awesome. And also, support uh, support the Bit Bros on Patreon. Maybe you might be on a special episode, or a special-sode. Special-sode. Listeners, <laughs> hint, hint. 
That's right. <laughs> but then if they're listening to this, they already know. So increase your pledge. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I always feel a little bad when I self-promote. So we'll, we'll let Sean do that. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, anything before we, uh, we sign off on here? Aaron? <laughs> Aaron already signed off. ZZZ. Stop talking. Uh, no, I didn't sign <laughs> off. I'm trying to talk to my daughter because she was getting upset. Stop talking. Uh, no, I have nothing at the moment. Man. So cool. <laughs> I've got a show coming up, but that's about it. Uh, music show. So good deal. Oh, man. can you tell us anything about that yet? It's a local San Antonio show. So unless you're in San Antonio, I mean, it's it's going to be a kind of a video game nerd night. So some uh, the best nights. Yeah, some chip tune artists, <laughs> some uh, nerd-focused acts, so it should be cool. Cool, man. A video game nerd night? That sounds like a night into dreams to me. Oh, I see Ooh. what he did there. <laughs> man, that was a good game. <laughs> Alright, Sean, do you have a joke to, uh, to uh, help us sign off with? Yes, actually, I do. Um, it's the sequel to Nights into Dreams on the Wii. That game is a joke. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, that's a burn. Pick it up. You can get it cheap. Might be good. You might like it. <laughs> Boom, roast. <laughs> but thanks guys you've uh, you've been gracious hosts and i'm happy to be on here and uh i look forward to future special sodes of genesis gems on the bit brothers network thank you we will release this on the regular gems feed as well so we want to make sure that gets out there to all the listeners which if they're hearing it now they, they hear it so cool, cool deal. nice and generous nice <laughs> all right guys well if there's nothing else we will catch you all later Later, guys. Oh, no. Oh, jinx. Dang it. (laughs) Later, everybody. (laughs) See you guys.